Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song? course our best smartphone deals your choice of plan learn how to get the new samsung galaxy s24 plus with galaxy ai on us with eligible trade-in at&t connecting changes everything offers vary by device subject to change s24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time terms and restrictions apply see att.com samsung for details this is holly fry from stuff you missed in history class The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. The last Sunday that we get before we get to spring ahead. Yeah, so it's going to be, I guess, Mike, you could say, you know, we're going to be an hour ahead of time at this point next week. But it's also at this point next week that we will anxiously be awaiting the brackets as Selection Sunday is officially a week away. My team's not getting in, Dan, so I don't really give him much of a care. I, I was going to say something really uh, profane, but it's Sunday oh. morning, and I love you all. I I love <laughs> Selection Sunday, whether the team I cheer for is in or out. It is one of those holidays, so now I'm like, all right, 
We are a week away, and I love Championship Week, and Championship Week has already started. You may have heard Isaac Lohenkron mention in the update the Ohio Valley Conference wrapped up yesterday. Of course, now we've got the Big Ten wrapping up today with Michigan taking on Purdue in the title game, and you've got golf, you've got a great night in the NBA, and also, Mike, we're starting to wind down a bit on the NFL Combine which has had the conversation going around many stars, not just quarterbacks, but running backs and linemen and and even linebackers, the talk of the town in, in Indianapolis. Well, anytime you can start getting a look-see at the new presence, right? Because we always talk about the draft being the equivalent for a lot of folks Christmas Day. I don't get a lot of gifts on Christmas, Dan. I'll be honest with you. I think we do more uh, exchanges here than, than I do at home. Normally, I'm the, the guy doing the providing. Uh, of giant <laughs> satchels of things uh, on the other side. So when we're we're looking at these NFL draft prospects, we make a, a lot about well, a little in terms of performance and what it means. And and for a moment, everybody forgets about the game tape that they watched and the opponents that they watched for eleven or more weeks. But it gets us excited. We get some measurables, and at least for a little while, people can be. You know, full of hope. Cleveland Browns fans, we did a big thing, Jason Smith and I, Friday night. The montage of how anybody that was considered as a top five pick talked about how much they love Cleveland, except for Josh Rosen. So, nah, I haven't looked into it. I don't, I don't know. But everybody else, oh, yeah, I want to be the guy to turn it around. I could be that guy. Let me be that man. And Rosen, yeah, whatever. I'll look into it at another point. So, you know, Cleveland, they get to sell hope, Dan. So it's, it's a wonderful thing, this combine. I'd make an argument that if you are a running back like Saquon Barkley and could be taken in the top five and maybe even earlier than that to top three or top two, considering the hype that surrounded what he did on Friday, that maybe Cleveland could be your best opportunity to run behind a decent offensive line in that top five of the teams that draft because you also have the Giants who have problems, Denver who has problems, and the Colts also picking at number three in addition to the Browns' uh, two picks. But as I look at all of this and you look at Barkley and Rosen and, and Josh Allen yesterday, your point about this is the time where we forget about game tape is so true because – you hear the comments, bad 40 time, only ran 4.6 or 4.70, didn't, didn't appear that, that slow on tape. Well, if he's running past a DB as a wide receiver, I'm just, gonna take, I'm just going to take this into account that whether it be FBS or a high or low, a defensive back playing college football is probably not running a 5.1 in the 40-yard dash. So if he is running, back, uh, running past certain defenders in a secondary he probably can do it somewhat at the next level. I think the best example was the Orlando Brown workout, right? And how miserable that was, and, and he's just been excoriated, and everything that he did on tape has been virtually ignored. Baker Mayfield took to social media, as he's wont to do, to just say, when's he running a 40? Which is my where I'm raising my hand. Mm-hmm. Like He's a number two rated guy at his position comes in here, yeah, you'd like a little better showing in all the other things, the strength, skills, whatever. I'm not worried about his 40 time. I care where he measures there. And in the end, a team probably gets a bargain because they decide this is, you know, not to make the equivalent one-on-one. This is like wearing the giant gas mask. Uh, and all of a sudden, now you got red flag when you got a guy that was a very good performer at the collegiate level, and now he's getting dismissed categorically by every pundit said, ah, he obviously didn't care about the combine. It's like, he showed you 
on film. He can play mm-hmm. and dominate defensive linemen. I don't I don't know what's to be to be lost. Likewise, Josh Allen hitting air and completing passes. Suddenly, hey, he made all the passes we didn't think he could. Where's the defender? Sure. All right. Still 57%. Yeah. That's not changing. I, I also tell me a great NFL quarterback in, in today's National Football League that makes his hay on the deep ball. Yeah, I, uh, I, jo- Joe Flacco throwing it up for grabs. <laughs> like that's that's all you need to know about throwing 66-yard bombs. And and listen, I am not a combine fan. I know that that is not in vogue to say. I I don't get excited about it. I don't sit there for two and three hours and watch the NFL scouting combine. I will read about what happened at the scouting combine. But, Mike, it is not something that I am fully interested in. And we had Saquon Barkley's workout going on on the TVs as as it was happening on Friday here at the Fox Sports Radio Studios. I don't think that the combine is that big a difference to the Saquon Barkley's, to the Josh Rosen's, to the Baker Mayfield's. The combine, to me, is more about the guys who all of a sudden jump up from the fifth round to the third round, or the guys who were maybe a second-round pick, and if you don't test as well, you're dropping to the fourth or fifth round. The guys that we are talking about and we're excited to see, they're going to be taken on Thursday night more than more than likely. There are cases where maybe a guy falls to round two or round three, but of the guys that we are going crazy overseeing and can't wait to see what they do, a team is going to like a guy or not. You know, we, we keep on hearing reports, and you mentioned Josh Rosen now wanting to go to Cleveland. We've heard that John Dorsey may not be high on Josh Rosen. So if he's not on their draft board or not interested, no matter what he does at the combine, it doesn't matter. He's still going to be going somewhere in the top five, but it just wouldn't be to Cleveland because they've already, you know, for example, may have ruled him off their draft board. That's where I just – the combine is, to me, more about the guys in the mid-rounds making making hay for themselves and trying to figure out a way to, to lift their stock. These top guys can, can do whatever. As long as they don't fall on their face, they'll be fine. Well, I mean, when we go get down to it, I mean, what what are the big stories that come out of this? I mean, we we want to go through and pick apart every throw, every step, everything that those top five, six guys do. We look for some of those great stories. The Shaquem Griffin is the story that's taken everybody by storm. Twenty reps of two twenty five after losing his hand at the age of four. So, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. And can he be maybe a special team or, or or something like that? You know, those, those are the debates and discussions that that come in, but unless the guys just, uh, as, as they call them, the, the workout Superman or workout wonder or whatever, and blows you away at the 40 yard dash or one of these other things, bench press until the cows come home. You know, he set world records uh, at the 225. They get lost in the shuffle because those guys will will look back on them come October when they're making an impact on a team. But for now, it's lost in the noise of what did this guy say or not say correctly. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Come at me, bro. With some hot takes and sausage. I love that Geico commercial. Oh, sure. The manatees. Oh, fantastic. I, it, it, is, it is so amazingly funny. I've seen it 50 times and I continue to laugh every time. Hot takes and sausage. Time for Mike and I to discuss a topic that is posed by Rob Dosmani, our executive producer. Sam Kinsley, the wizard, is our technical producer. Good morning, guys. 
Good morning, fellas. How are you? What's up? Doing well. Just a heads up. You know, it's it's, it's Oscar Sunday. How about that? Uh, yeah. Pageantry. I've got my uh, my gold lame suit ready. I'll be at the <laughs> StubHub Center watching the Galaxy game, but I'll be in a gold lame suit no, nonetheless. I'm sure you could probably stream the Oscars somewhere. I will be. Really I will be at home. <laughs> On my iPad while my wife watches the Oscars. There you go. Yeah, because I will be doing no interest at all, but I'll somehow know what happened tonight. Oh, that's the whole plan. All right, guys. So you guys kind of touched on it briefly earlier, but Sean Miller has survived the week. We were discussing that last week, if he would make it to this Saturday and this Sunday. Well, he did. Arizona head coach Sean Miller came out with a prepared statement earlier this week, vehemently denying the ESPN report that he claimed... Well, ESPN report that claimed there were wiretaps linking him to a $100,000 payment for NBA prospect DeAndre Ayton signing with the Wildcats. We got it. We got it. Yeah, yeah just, just, just to recap yeah. for all the yeah. other people. Uh, but <laughs> the board of the Arizona Board of Regents is backing Miller. Miller's pulling the whole fake news card here. And I want to know, will Miller be the coach next season for the Wildcats, or is they just trying to save face for this season? Mike, we'll start with you. Uh, no. It'll be done because it, if there's anything to this at all, we'll find out in the weeks to come. I think for now, they're in for a penny, they're in for a pound, saying, all right, let's just finish out the string. Nothing's getting released from the FBI before this. This isn't going to trial until the fall and, and everything else with the, the assistant coaches that have lost their jobs in the wake. Sean Miller's statement, we parsed it out line for line. There's a lot of weasel words and phraseology in there uh, that that left me wanting in terms of the defiance as so many described it in in his statement you know i never knowingly knowingly is now going to be an oscar contender in two years we cast it dan uh that's a movie you're going to want to see i may get you a part in it if we if we have if we're able to get oh, it yeah, full okay yeah if we get it on uh, the go fund yourself account ready so i can film it we will uh, get you involved. But for Sean Miller right now, and DeAndre Ayton will be gone. So whatever his role is, and at this point, you know they're saying that he's complied with any requests for interviews but hadn't actually talked to the FBI. We look at Sean Miller at this point, categorically ruling it out. Unless you're telling me that someone else went in to use his phone, picked up, said, yeah, yeah, it's Sean Miller. Sniff if you're there. You know, those kind of things that you see in all these movies. Go back to Jerry Maguire. Hey, is Maguire there? Sniff. <laughs> you know, those kind of things. So you, you have all this rampant speculation with, with Sean Miller. I, I think the Regents just decided, well, if we're going to lose, let's fail spectacularly and just finish off the season, and then they can come take it from our cold, dead hands. There, yeah, there's no, there. I don't think Sean Miller is going to be the head coach at Arizona next season because a four-minute speech shouldn't – distract from the fact that there could be a lot more that the FBI has. Remember, when there were four assistants arrested last fall, one of those four assistants came from Arizona. So just because Sean Miller may have been convincing to you in a four-minute span when he had the podium, and there may have been a hole here or a hole there poked in a report, when that F- those FBI arrests came about, no one was prepared for those in college basketball. I have yet to feel that Arizona should be put in the clear for all of this, and I still think that there is something there. The question is whether we find out via the FBI documents or not. But if I had to put my money on it, I still don't think it looks good for Arizona. And I don't think it looks good for Sean Miller. <laughs> right at the end. Just made it down. Wow. Almost got played <laughs> off. I know. Sam wasn't sure. In three, two, <laughs> <Yeah>. bam. 
<laughs> well, I like that, guys. A little Oscar edition of Hot Takes and Sausage today. Both of you guys made good points. I wish one of you would have said, yes, he will be back next season, because I like to think he will. I'm going to stick with that take right there. But in the end, I do blame a lot on Arizona. So, Dan, you get that first round. I agree with you there at the end that and Arizona needs... Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. It's going to be. <laughs> yeah, he was building to a big. Ah, this is, this is what I think happened. I think that Rob didn't listen because he was trying to tell Sam, okay, let's play Dan off. Let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. And wasn't listening to what I'm saying. Figure out he, a good piece of music. He, yeah, and then he felt bad about it. So he's like, well, I'll just give Dan. I don't even know what he said. I, it's it's all good. It's all good. I was listening, but yes. Hey. We'll just go with that. But it's an interesting case in the course of the week that everybody that wrote about it and you have the ESPN report and just because we're having a question of a date and stamping a date to it that suddenly that discounts everything that was in this report and you look at the Yahoo report and it was just interesting to watch last weekend right everybody played Sean Miller sat out why did he sit out like if they thought he was cleared they didn't have enough time to vet this I told you last him, week why I right? thought he didn't coach you didn't want, didn't to, want answer to answer any questions because otherwise they weren't prepared. Otherwise, why? Because he could have gone in and no answered. I'm talking about this game and just pushed it off. But what would that have meant? More bad press, and maybe you once you finally talked, you wouldn't get the benefit of the doubt because everybody immediately yes. jumped to yeah. the other side. Nope. Right? He makes That's the why. statement. Oh, look how defiant he is. He goes, no, read the statement, parse the words. Like you, there was a, at least one sentence in every paragraph. That was not not only weasel word language in terms of me and mine and trying to get that plausible deniability thing flowing, but it 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 just didn't come off, at least to me, going through as we, as we do, you know the the words just because he said, hey, I I didn't that that wasn't that wasn't enough for me. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. The phone number is 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. Reach Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. I am on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. We always hear about good stories at the NFL Combine, right? But what about the bad ones? Oh, we hear about those next here on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer. That's Mike Harmon. Love to hear your response on Twitter. How about anything we say? I'm at Dan Byer on Fox, Mike. They can get you at. Bring the pain over at Swollen Dome. Fox Sports Sunday is brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I don't know what we learned about Josh Allen because everything that was hyped about Josh Allen, I guess, came to fruition during his combine workout yesterday, but there are still issues of what could happen in a game and the success that it translates over. It's one of my issues with the NFL Combine, helping us sort out my issues and other problems. He covers the NFL for Yahoo Sports and the NFL and the Shutdown Corner blog covering the NFL. is our good friend Frank Schwab in between workouts. Morning, Frank. How you doing? What's going on? Uh, we we are glad to have you on. Tell me, what did we learn about Josh Allen yesterday at the NFL Combine that we did not know leading in to yesterday's workouts? And that's exactly what you 
touched on. We didn't learn anything. I mean, he, we knew he had a cannon of an sure. arm. We knew he was a great athlete. We knew he was a big kid. We don't know if when he's playing good competition, if he can be accurate. And we still don't know that. So I, I had a great workout. Good for He had to do that. Like, I mean, look, if, if he didn't have a good workout, if he didn't throw a ball 74 yards or whatever it was, <laughs> then oh, then NFL teams are going to say, well, what's the what's the point? <laughs> I mean, if he can't do that, I mean, there's nothing else. But he So he had to work out well. He did. You know what? I will say this. I thought he was... He was very impressive, you know. It just this is just media, by the way. Just impressive dealing with us and the interviews and the confidence he had, and you know, I think that's important. You don't know a lot about him. You, you we know about Mayfield, we know about Darnold, we know about Rosen because they played at big schools. We're in the spotlight all the time. But you know, Allen's a little different that way. He came off well. I thought he handled the pressure well of the combine. Again, he had to work out well. He's the one guy who absolutely possibly had to have a great workout. He did. So those things are pluses. But I don't know that the, the questions he has about him have been answered yet. How about Josh Rosen? How did he come off? Because I, I enjoyed the fact that he didn't go and do the uh, Cleveland touristy thing, saying he hadn't really researched him when everybody else went as if they'd been on Cleveland.com and researching for, for all the things to do and, <laughs> and everything else. But I, I know for some, it didn't play well. How did it play in the room? And, and no yelp for uh, Josh Rosen. That's he right. Himself. Uh, <laughs> the, I thought he was fine. I, I, I thought that he was very you know, I'm forthcoming about, hey, this is who I am. I, I'm not, I, I don't really get, I, I, I assume there are things about Josh Rosen that, that rub people the wrong way that, that people don't like. But I don't know if this is, he's never been in trouble with the law. He's never been, I, I, I just wonder if this is the thing we're making up this year. You know, where it's just, the hype just starts rolling, he gets out of control, and all of a sudden by April it's going to be that, you know, Josh Rosen's the worst guy in the world, but he's really not. I thought he came out fine. I, I had no problem with anything he said. I, yeah, I mean, maybe he should have stood on the table and said, I want to be a Cleveland Brown. <laughs> hey, I didn't do that. But, you know, that's who cares what he says to the media? Whatever he says to the Browns when they have him, you know, in their 15 minutes of the combine, and then presumably when they bring him in for a pre-draft visit, that's what's going to matter more than what he tells reporters. So I, I thought he was just fine, too. It's he, He's a he's a guy who, you know, I, he came off well. I didn't think he came off cocky or arrogant or smarter than everybody in the room like everybody likes to say about him. Frank Schwab joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. Of course, Frank covers the NFL for Yahoo Sports. So Lamar Jackson doesn't do what we know that he can do. And so my question to you, Frank, because I just said, hey, Josh Allen did what he we knew that he could do. Is there any negativity towards Lamar Jackson not doing a lot of the physical stuff that we know that he already can do? Is there any is there any negatives or drawbacks? from not taking part in those workouts? I think that there's one, it's, you know, that when when teams talk about, and I kind of roll my eyes a little bit, but it, they they like to see guys compete at the combine. They like to see, hey, well, I'm really, I'm ready to mm-hmm. run the 40 against everybody and throw against everybody. And I, they do believe that, whether, whether it's rational or logical or not, I don't know. But they want to see that there. And so maybe that's a, a mark against Lamar Jackson. But it, it, unlike, I mean, I, you know, it's kind of the same thing for Allen, but he wanted to throw. That's fine. But for Jackson, if, if there should be nobody today in the NFL circle saying, I just don't know if Lamar Jackson's fast. Is there a way for me to figure it out? He didn't run the 40. How can I, how can I possibly know if he's a good athlete? Like, no, throw on any tape from Louisville. We know how good of an athlete he is. So I think from that aspect of it, look, we know exactly what Lamar Jackson is as an athlete. 
and I think that it was good for him. If he's going to skip one thing, it's that stuff and not the passing. He needs to get out there and throw, and he did. And he did an okay job. I think he did some things well, some things, you know, outside throws he wasn't quite so great. But that's fine. He has another shot at his pro day to, to get that right. I think my favorite part of it is, as much as we talk about the running backs and certainly this year the quarterbacks getting all the love, you have a piece up uh, on Yahoo Sports. I just retweeted it now. Uh, Quentin Nelson of Notre Dame channeling his inner Conan the Barbarian. I want to dominate all my opponents and take away their will to play the game. You know, It, it may not be sexy to draft an offensive lineman, but when you got a guy with a little bit of swagger at that position, we've seen that work out quite well for teams as an anchor there. And how many teams in the NFL the past few years have we said uh, they'd be really good, but their offensive line is just killing them? I mean, it's it's hard mm-hmm. to find good offensive linemen. And here's this guy who is as safe of a prospect as there is in the NFL draft. I truly believe if you strip away the value of, of each guy's position, I think Quentin Nelson's the best player in the draft, or Saquon Barkley. It's one of those two guys, and they won't go number one because, well, Saquon might, but they won't. I mean, Nelson isn't going to go ahead of the quarterback because quarterback is quarterback, but this guy is just, he's nasty. I like his attitude. He's hes just as good of a prospect as you can get. And if you're somebody like, let's say, the Bears, maybe you can't get that impact receiver you want at eight because there's just not that guy in this draft, but you can help Mr. Trubisky by – Putting this guy out there is going to be able to block the Kawan Shorts and Aaron Donalds of the world and make his life easier that way. So I think whoever drafts him, look, yeah, I don't think it's going to sell a ton of jerseys wherever, whatever NFL team picks Quentin Nelson. But I think we are getting a guy who's probably, honestly, should project as an all-pro. I mean, that's in his future, I think. Who knows? Any guy can bust because we've all seen, you know, great prospects bust. But this guy's a really, really good football player. Frank Schwab joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. I stuck my neck out and said he's going to the Giants at two on Friday. I'll just, I like that. I'm not going to make a mock draft. If he does, I like it. The Giants have tried to fix their offensive line for so many years, and they're getting they're getting a little bit better incrementally. But you either have to pay a billion dollars for a good lineman in free agency or draft one. So just go ahead and draft. He's Frank Schwab. Find him on Yahoo at Yahoo Schwab. We know you're busy, Frank. We appreciate the insight. From the NFL Combine, it is arguably the no, it's not arguably. It is the worst event I ever covered. I know you're a, you're a yes. football diehard, but I feel for you. It's it's a tough week. It's a really tough week to cover. But we appreciate you uh, you coming on. I appreciate it as always. It's, go go hammer out those twenty two twenty fives, will you, Frank? There's there's a couple cone drills or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. exactly. Hey, hey, actually, Frank, before I let you go, do you get to see? Yeah. I, I went five years ago in the worst draft class there ever was, twenty thirteen. I mean, it was just atrocious, right. but there were good storylines. Do they give more access to the media to actually watch the events anymore, or is it still pretty much on lockdown? I pretty much, I think you watch a bench now, which is fun. It is an yeah. But like, I went, I, I've been, my first combine was 2003, and I never saw a drill in, I still haven't to this day, I'm back in Denver. I have not seen a drill in Indianapolis one time. Not yeah. one, now, since 03, my first combine, I never saw a guy run a 40, never saw a guy do a vertical jump. It is a weird event to cover. You are, you are dead on about that. Yeah, and then you interview them before they work out, so you can't even ask them about their workouts. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yes, yeah, exactly. Oh, yes, hey. It's, it's insane. We appreciate it, Frank. Uh, have a good Sunday. I appreciate it, guys. See you, buddy. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, <laughs> Shutdown Corner blog. Oh, it was it was atrocious, and there was a cold spell in in Indy at the time that I went, and was it wasn't this late? It was a little bit earlier in February. Yeah, it was a 
She was a tough time. I can see the images of Indianapolis running through your mind as you utter those words, Dan. The I, the hate and utter disdain you have for this event just well, came through <laughs> loud and clear in your facial expression. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. If you think I hate the NFL Combine, one Major League Baseball player hates one of the greatest baseball movies of all time. We'll tell you who that is and what movie that is. Right after Isaac Lohenkron gives us the latest on what's happening in the world of sports. Good morning, Isaac. Good morning, Dan and Michael. And sorry, Dan, but we do have some breaking news from the NFL Combine. Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman just reporting that Washington defensive lineman Vita Vea, who's made quite a name for himself recently at 6'4", 347 pounds, just ran the 40-yard dash in 5.11, which when you think about it is pretty darn good for a 6'4", 347-pound defensive lineman. In the NBA Saturday night, the Houston Rockets extended their winning streak to 15 with a comeback victory over the Boston Celtics to improve to an NBA best 49 and 13. Lonzo Ball hit six three-pointers as the Lakers won at San Antonio to extend their winning streak to five. Denver hit 19 three-pointers and won at Cleveland despite a LeBron James triple-double. J.R. Smith scored 19 points in his return from a one-game suspension. Uh, excuse me, suspension. <laughs> College Hoops number 5 Duke rallied from a 13-point second-half deficit for a 10-point win over ninth-ranked North Carolina. Murray State, the first into the NCAA tournament. They won the Ohio Valley Conference tournament over Belmont. And finally, Roger Bannister, the first runner to ever break the mystical four-minute mile barrier, has passed away. His family issuing a statement this morning saying Bannister died on Saturday in Oxford, England at the age of 88. In 1954, Bannister ran the first-ever sub four-minute mile, a feat that at the time was considered unthinkable and among other things the achievement earned him the first ever Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year Award. Dan and Michael, back to you. Thank you very much, Isaac. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. Coming to you live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. There's no secret. I don't like movies. Mike knows more about movies than I do, but you know we're, we're also busy people, and it's an Oscar night tonight, and you don't get to see all of the films that may be up for nomination. But I didn't see any of the films, and I'm not sure how many you saw, Mike, but the fact of the matter few, is... Few, Dan. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I saw Get Out. As, as sports fans, you still will go and see certain movies. Now, there are some that I will admit that I probably should see as a whole that I haven't. But one of those movies that I have seen is Field of Dreams. And the MLB Network likes to play it. It's played it, I don't want to say often in the offseason, but I've seen it You know, more maybe more often than not when you've got nothing going on in December or January. And I've I've always had a liking for for Field of Dreams. You brought this to my attention that there is a player in Major League Baseball that does not share my opinion. It's a pretty good one, uh, especially the thesis statement. He really punches you in the face right off the jump. In, in a column for SportsIllustrated.com, uh, Jerry Blevins, a relief pitcher for the New York Mets. Yes, it's a Mets story, even though Jason isn't sitting next to me, so I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, he decided he he wanted to tell you why he doesn't just not like Field of Dreams. He hates it. Uh, thesis statement right off the jump. My disdain for Field of Dreams has grown over the last year. 
That's pretty good. Everybody, he goes, here's my short list uh, of top five baseball movies. Everybody Wants Some, which is a 2016 movie from Richard Linklater, who created Boyhood, which was a big Oscar contender a few years ago. Uh, The School of of Rock did the TV adaptation for that as an executive producer. Uh, But here's the, to put it in perspective, the... In 1980, a group of college baseball players navigate their way through the freedoms and responsibilities of unsupervised adulthood. The Sandlot, we've all seen The Sandlot. Three, Major League. Four, For Love of the Game. For Love of the Game is the third of the Kevin Costner baseball movies where he's on the Tigers and he throws a perfect game. And you got Vin Scully calling the game, so you get... Uh, the marriage there of some of the greatness and what goes on in someone's head as they're having one of these type of experiences. Of course, the usual angst and and romantic uh, troubles and everything included therein. Uh, five, a league of their own. And went deep. Extended the top ten. Bull Durham, Little Big League, Rookie of the Year, the Rookie Bad News Bears. And people went nuts because, well, he didn't have Field of Dreams in the top ten. I always call my dad after seeing it. Oh, it gets me every time he plays catch with his dad, etc. It's not the best baseball movie. It's not even Kevin Costner's best baseball movie. Bull Durham and For Love of the Game are significantly better. Heck, it's not even James Earl Jones' best baseball movie. The Sandlot and Bingo Long, Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. If you haven't seen that, go back mid-70s. Billy D. Williams, that, that is one of my favorites of all time. It goes all the way through. It's, it's pretty fun. Uh, that part... Let Moonlight play. The big climax of the movie is when Ray got to play catch with his dad. Spoiler alert. That part of it is even room for me because Ray says, have a catch. Maybe it's my Midwestern roots, but I've never said anything but play catch. Nobody says have a catch unless they're mocking Field of Dreams. It's a pretty good line, I think. I will go with all of those. Like, I agree with the, you've got to get the Shoeless Joe Jackson part right. I you I have never said have a catch to anybody. You want to go out and have a catch? But there is, and he's right about the Moonlight Grand being the, that's the part of the movie that I feel the, the you know, the if you want to say the waterworks may come, yeah. is when he crosses over because Burt Lancaster does such a great job in portraying that gentle old man. Right, because young Archie gives up the dream. Yes. Gives up the dream. Could be on that field, crosses the line, and Blevins also makes note of the shoeless Joe Jackson, not just Ray Liotta being shoeless Joe Jackson, but also that he's batting right-handed when shoeless Joe was left. They could have flipped the image and been done with it. Those those things, like, I I understand. But I will just say that, listen, it's unique. It's something that is different. It is, if you've never, have you been to the Field of Dreams in Iowa? I've driven past, yeah. Have you? uh, Yeah, I've been. And Sam's like, yeah! yeah, I'm going to have a bone to pick with this Mr. Blevins. Uh, This movie is very special to me. Because it's in Iowa. Well, not just that. There's like this mysticism that's mixed into a sports movie. There's like this magic. There's like there's something else going on. Baseball, Ray. Baseball and, and Baseball. like there's like a magic to it, like time travel almost. Yeah, there there's and there and there's you know that you've got the you've got the argument over the the land and the farm. The one issue that I it, as the as a, as a movie amateur, okay, because I don't watch tons and tons of movies. I did think it got resolved pretty quickly. Like all of a sudden, everything, and all of a sudden, it's like, okay, you got you got to sell the farm, you got to sell the farm, you got to sell the farm, you got to sell the farm. Don't sell the farm. End the movie. Like that. Like all of a sudden, like that. that Timmy Bus, Timothy Busfield gets turned over just that fast. Yeah, there's just, no big legal. Fight, yeah, where did no he battle, come from? No yeah, money. All, yeah. 
Everything is resolved in like the last 10 minutes, but there's this huge buildup. The point about the father relationship, there wasn't a huge buildup to that. And that's why Moonlight Graham is, you see him go back in time. You see the pickup as, you know, on the side of the road, as you mentioned, all of that is built. His criticisms are fair, but I still like the movie. It's a right? movie, right? Yeah. It's, it's in the end, it's escapism. <laughs> it's the love of baseball and that historically, and I mean, now, now it's really in the forefront to everything. It's like the passing down of baseball from grandfather to you know, father to son or grandfather to son or daughter or whomever sure. that, that relationship is. That's how baseball always was, right? Go to the ballpark. Like I remember as a kid, my, my uncle would take my brothers and I, because we always, be, if you had good attendance and you had or, or great grades at the end of the quarter, here was your, your little brochure of, all right, pick a couple of White Sox games. I think the Cubs were involved a little bit, but usually going out to Old Comiskey and you'd get a giant stack of free tickets between the three of us because we didn't we never got sick mm-hmm. and we did pretty well in our grades. It wouldn't maybe come out on air and you'd question the, the uh, veracity of these claims. I was a pretty good student once upon a time. <laughs> he so, sure was. Especially when I was younger. Uh, I, I've got the degrees. I don't know what they mean in the, in the long long term. But the, the fact of the matter is that we, we used to go to a lot of games, and, and that was hanging out with our uncle, nice Saturday nights, you know, the 6 o'clock special where you'd have the, the start and you'd finish with a giant fireworks spectacular off the exploding scoreboard. Those are some of the biggest memories growing up, and I think for a lot of people, that's what Field of Dreams was trying to get into, that sense of the timelessness of the game, that no matter what else technology evolved, and obviously with replay and such, we've changed <laughs> things, but that the game was always the same. There was nothing nothing about seeing a game in the 70s other than maybe a little bit of pageantry and in-between innings you know, showmanship that was different from a game 30 years prior. I do. I am against them putting the new video board in left field, though. At field of, I'm just kidding. No, they didn't. They, <laughs> they, <laughs> they it down and, and did it I, there. Well, you saw how much money they were making, right? At the end of the movie, right? All yeah. the cars lined up. <laughs> they don't have to sell the farm. I'll tell you what. New video board too. That scene. If you haven't gone, I went when I moved out to California from Wisconsin. On my way, I made a point to stop. That's the route that you take because it's not like it's right off the freeway. Like you have to go through Dyersville to actually get to the movie site. And then when I was there, and I think it's been resolved, but there were two owners of one side of the land and another side of the the property, so it was split. I think that's been resolved now. It's been about 10 or 12 years since I've been there, but that that was an issue because you had one Field of Dreams side on the third baseline, and you had another Field of Dreams store on the first base side where the house is. But there was a there was a there was a big dispute over who owned what for a little while. And now they're actually going to turn that in, that area into a massive baseball park. So it's big be complex, like, right? yeah, yeah, complex, which I actually think is great. I mean, because in the middle of of the of I, Iowa, you know, it's, growing up where I grew up, that farmhouse and the oh, land, it's beautiful. Yeah, it that's that's common to where I grew up, right. and, and and like that, like to have it, it, not to have a baseball field there, but to have the 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 house and have it looking over the land. That's very common where I'm from. So right. that's where it resonated with me. See it all, all those layers that come in. Big bad Bob. 7171 on Twitter comes in saying, hey, nobody gives any love to eight men out. One of my favorite. Nobody cares about your batting average, Buck. Sit down. <laughs> I like how Rookie of the Year made his top ten. It's pretty good, right? There you go. <laughs> Went on to be an American pie. Yes. Good times.
He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You can always listen to us on the iHeartRadio app or see a Sirius XM Channel 83. There was a special hockey game last night, but not that special. You're not going to want to miss this. That comes up next here on Fox Sports Sunday. Hey, is this heaven? No. Iowa. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. That's Mike Harmon. Want to let you know you can find the show on iTunes. Just subscribe to Fox Sports Radio Weekends and download this show every week. Get Mike on Twitter. Where can they get you on I'm Twitter? over at Swollen Dome. Hey, a reminder, Dan. Fox Sports Sunday brought to you by Hooters. You got to get to Hooters and try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste and half the calories... That's key. Half the calories. You can eat twice as many. Hooters. You can find me at Dan Byer on Fox. You can also find Isaac Lowenkron on Twitter at Isaac Lowenkron as he gets us caught up to date of what was happening while you were sleeping. Good morning, Isaac. Good morning, Dan and Michael. And hey, you know, buddy. last night was one of the marquee events of the NHL season. A stadium series game between the Washington Capitals and the Toronto Maple Leafs in just a gorgeous, beautiful, unique setting. Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland, with the game televised in prime time on NBC. There was a 15-minute delay during the third period because of a power failure in the stadium. And then with four minutes left in the third period and the Capitals leading 5-2. to two. NBC effectively pulled the plug. And listen here to how the legendary Mike Emmerich makes the announcement in a consummately professional and gentlemanly way, yet you can still sense deep down his disappointment. And also listen to the forlorn sounding whistle at the end here. For the conclusion of this game, viewers should head over to NBCSN. Because of the delay, we're signing off on NBC to get you all to an all-new Saturday Night Live with host Charles Barkley <laughs> and musical guest Meagers. In the context, doesn't that whistle at the end sound really sad? In five, four... Three, two, and he, and he mispronounced it. It's Migos. It's an O. <laughs> Migos is actually a very delicious breakfast meal, yes, by the way. Yes, it is. Migos to NBC Sportsnet to watch the rest of the game. That's what he could have said. There, there's a way to. <laughs> the king of the Segway strikes again. <laughs> wow. I thought it was a good week for the NHL just for the simple fact of the Seattle ticket drive. Did you guys hear oh, that about that? that was that huge. With the, the what, 25,000? Yes, the 25,000 tickets that, uh, in two hours people signed up for season tickets. If there would be an expansion team in Seattle, that's a lot of good pub. I didn't like how the NHL kept the players out of the Olympics, and I know NHL fans may disagree because it would disrupt their season. Oh, it was teams. a bad headline, though. But for yeah, yeah for, for a majority to make, it, to make it spread, and that's what I think these outdoor games are about, right? I, I mean, right, Isaac? I mean, just to, to try to maybe get a casual fan – into something that's unique. I, I'm not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the diehards love it even more than the casual fan. But I think the unique setting that you talk about is also a way to bring people in because you're not getting forty thousand at a regular hockey game on a, on a regular night if you're the you're the Capitals. You're not fitting forty thousand in an arena. But that's it's it's so such a bad look and a bad feel that a new version of Saturday Night Live is going to interrupt your broadcast. Hey, it's Charles it Barkley though. 
Yeah, but the thing is, Barkley, I don't think, had one of his better nights on SNL last night. He's just not great when he's reading from cue cards, you know? I mean, he's great when he's extemporaneous. But you're absolutely right, Dan. It's all about converting the casual fan with the settings and the visuals because having it in that unique stadium with the whole uh, tie to the Naval Academy and they actually had the rink on an outline of an aircraft carrier so it was right. it was like an aircraft carrier footprint and that's what made it all the more unique so I'm just wondering when the phone call from Commissioner Gary <laughs> Bettman this morning came to NBC Sports executives. <laughs> I don't think it came because he's got too many other things he's done wrong oh, you can't blame oh, them. And I think the Mike Emmerich uh, call there is going to go next to, for all those film aficionados, the sad Bill Macy memes. Look that up. <laughs> he should have ended it as saying, SNL, you sunk my battleship. Rolling along on this first Sunday in the mar- month of March as the madness is here. Glad to have you with us diving into what should be an exciting college basketball Saturday. A Big Ten title will be handed out at Madison Square Garden, and then they can take the next week and a half off and find out where their fates are going to lead them a week from today. It is a weird feeling. I was watching yesterday a little of the of the Michigan State-Michigan game and wanted to flip to another network to see another conference tournament <laughs> right. going on, and there were none. No, you start wanting to flip around. No, but that's the inclination, right? You're so conditioned after however many years we've been alive on this this planet, Dan, that it's go from CBS to Fox, Davis 1 to ABC, whatever. You're going to find ESPN 47. You're going to find a (laughs) conference semifinal. uh, And if a game is a blowout somewhere else, there are more than a few options. I was excited that there were actually people in the stands because earlier in the week that was the tail of the tape for the Big Ten tournament and the bashing of the the conference for making the decision. Mm-hmm. And as Big Ten alums, I'm still not happy with it. But, you know, if you're trying to push to the New York audience, I suppose you've got to at least do the test case and see if that balloon flies. Yeah, it was really tough the first day just because there isn't anything to even whet your appetite to make it feel like a conference tournament week. So when you had the first couple of games with – Minnesota and Rutgers playing and Iowa and Illinois and you don't I mean Rutgers is close by but Iowa and Illinois and Minnesota having to make treks to get to New York there wasn't a lot of atmosphere what is going to be the big fallout from all of this realistically will be this is the first time we've seen a major conference have to wait a week and a half before they play an NCAA tournament game so for Michigan State or Purdue or Michigan or Ohio State and maybe Nebraska and and Michigan should get in but are those teams going to be affected in the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament because of the week-and-a-half layoff? That's what we don't know. We've seen – you could always say, um, with the exception of Wichita State, because they could – they when they were in the Missouri Valley, would win and then end up playing. All of the lower teams, we could never put it on the rest factor. But now when you have Michigan State, who could be a number one seed, Purdue could be a two seed, or depending on, on where they go, right. there's – we don't know if that week-and-a-half layoff is going to have an effect or not. Yeah, because we usually start getting excited about momentum and using the word momentum more in a 48-hour block on sports talk radio and sports television than we really get to at any other point mm-hmm. in the calendar year, Dan. And now you, you're going to sit for a week-plus waiting on your fate. Where do you get seated? Who who's, What's the bracket look like? And practicing against air doesn't quite do the no. same thing in, in terms of that buildup. And to... to really get the conference loyalists excited. 
Now there's that vacuum. All right, you finish it today, and then there's a week's waiting time. It's like the equivalent of bowl season, I think, to a degree of, all right, yeah, we played really well. Now wait a month. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 definitely going to be a different feel for Big Ten fans over the next week while the, all these other tournaments are going on. There was actually last night in the NBA a great game between the Rockets and Celtics in Houston. Cavs end up losing, giving up 120-something to the Denver Nuggets. So The, the Nuggets things, are fun, aren't they? Yeah, they got a good, you know, a good core. Yeah, they've... And it's fun when the Cavs continue to not play defense. I, I mean, <laughs> wow, this is one twenty six to one seventeen was the final. Yeah, the Rockets Celtics game, which was I'll, I'll I'll just say this, and I I said this over Christmas. I, I said it last year after the finals. I was done with Cavs Warriors right. finals. I was over with it. If you want to give me seven games or six games of Rockets Celtics from what we've seen in their first two matchups this season. Sign me up. I don't. I don't care if we we still think that the Warriors are the best team. The matchup, the dynamics, the players going head to head. I am all for that. Come June, if we can get what we have gotten. Remember, it was the game in I believe it was in December when James Harden got called for the offensive fouls against Boston after right. the Celtics had that that huge comeback to to get back into the game. Last night was a little bit more back and forth, but the Rockets kind of grabbed the lead at the end and and hold on for victory, but. You're getting guys playing at at high levels, and to see Kyrie Irving and Chris Paul and James Harden all really just going for that first title of theirs and theirs only. I know Kyrie has his, but it's still LeBron. I think it would be a great storyline. I'd love to see that seven times in June. It's funny. We were talking with with Isaac Lowenkron a little bit about the NBC debacle and shifting away from a marquee event where you're trying to put out and expose Maybe to certain players, right? Sometimes you pick those matchups and those venues because you got a, a young and upcoming star. Sometimes it's just a cool venue to to get over. With the NBA, you're always trying to find next, right? With all these sports, mm-hmm. we're trying to find the yep. next star. What are we talking about? The NFL Combine, guys running around T-shirt and underwear for four days and, and, and lifting weights and really not doing anything football-related at all in a lot of cases. But obviously it all plays back in. Save your hateful emails. But the the idea here that you, you can build some new stars, right? James Harden for is a known quantity, but still for a lot, it, it relates back to having some some connection to uh tabloid families and, and reality TV. Now it's hey, he's he's worthy of being looked at on that pedestal, on that metal stand, and it's new teams. It it invigorates a fam is like sure. you're saying, all right, do you want to go to what might be a, a four-game march, especially if Cleveland doesn't learn how to play defense in a month? <laughs> no. Right? If they're no. just going to keep waving at people as they drive to the hole, how how intriguing is that? I mean, hell, Den- Denver is not good, but they, they'll run up and down with you, and they'll play fast pace, and last night the three-pointers are, are falling, so you see the, the score starts to escalate, and LeBron James, as much as everybody wants to get excited about the stats defensively, He's as bad as everybody else running around on on that squad. So getting some new blood that everybody can start the promotion process on can't be bad. Yeah, and a point about the the Celtics and Cavaliers. It was heck. It was just this week that Brad Stevens, anyone Kyrie Irving, kind of admitted that they've slowed things down, they've made things simple, and that they're finally learning how to play together. They're sixty games in. The Cavaliers trades while they got the problems out of the locker room, meaning Isaiah Thomas or what we thought was the problem, right. moved dead weight and having Derrick Rose gone and Dwayne Wade wasn't producing as much, 
what we have found out as well is that George Hill and Rodney Hood have not produced like you would have hoped they would have produced coming over in those trades. And it may be unrealistic to think that if it's taken the Celtics 60 games just to figure in a top 10 player in Kyrie Irving, how the heck are these other guys going to mesh in for the Cleveland Cavaliers in, in 20 games or so? I misread it. I thought it was going to be injection of energy and young talent that would be excited to play on a winner. And right now they're proving me wrong because George Hill and, and Rodney Hood have not lived up to expectations. I think Clarkson and Nance have given them what they needed. Sure, Kevin Love is out, but still just awful defensively. And that's the question that with, with all of it that still lingers, right? How big a factor is Kevin Love really when we get mm-hmm. to the playoffs? A, is he going to get enough time to ramp back up to where he's ready to play? Because that was the big question with Isaiah Thomas coming over from Boston was how long was it going to take for him to integrate? And then he got 15 games before they told him to go to hell. Yeah, Talking out of school and getting in front of cameras and, and calling out his teammates and his coach probably didn't help things. And certainly the perception of Isaiah Thomas shifted and he's trying to rebuild things here in Los Angeles. But when when you look at, the, they gave him 15 games. What, what is this, 28 games, 26 games, whatever it would be before the playoffs start with the young nucleus. And while they may be better offensively, they've been a little more... I think efficient on the whole, they're not playing any defense. Nope. So now it's become roll the ball on the court and, and Ty lose a guy just sitting back watching the watching the action unfold. And the Lakers maybe getting Jordan Clarkson out of the locker room could have been a a blessing in disguise. Because interesting, isn't it? Yeah, they won their last five, one in San Antonio. I know San Antonio didn't have Lamarcus Aldridge, but guess what? The Lakers also played without Brandon Ingram. So and Lonzo Ball suddenly found a jump shot. Yeah, six threes last night. Let's see if we can make it a lucky number seven with some hot takes and sausage as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Mike and I discuss a topic put up by Rob Dosmati, our executive producer. Sam Kinsley's our technical producer. And Oscar's movie theme today with the music. Oh, yeah. A little, little Godfather 2 theme right here. All right. A little fun fact about that. The first Godfather was nominated. The original score was nominated, but it was disqualified because it was found out that the original composer borrowed another theme. <laughs> so they had borrowed. To, yeah, so she had to, borrowed. They, they had to disqualify it. So Isn't that she, sampling? Yeah. Yes. So when she did Godfather 2, she came up with an original score, and you're hearing it here. So... <laughs> you guys were talking about the NBA and how exciting it was last night with teams like the Rockets, Blazers, Celtics, Raptors. All these teams are finding success and they're competing with the the Titanic Warriors and Cavs of the league. And based on what you guys were just talking about, I, I want to know, do you guys think another Cavs and Warriors finals would negatively affect the sport? Dan, we'll start with you. Absolutely. I have, uh, As I mentioned a little bit earlier, I, I have not wanted to see this. The Cavaliers aren't up to the Warriors' potential. And even if you go back when Kyrie Irving was a member of the Cavaliers and you looked into the offseason of what the Warriors and Cavs matchup could be. Sorry, the music threw me off just a little bit. (laughs) The, uh, The fact is the Warriors were just a better team. And what we've seen in the NBA right now is that the best team in the NBA is Record-wise is the Houston Rockets, and second is the Golden State. 
whether you want to put one, one, or two, the Rockets and Warriors are the two best teams in the NBA. And then if you want to go down to three, you could go Celtics or Raptors. You aren't having that conversation. It's an old narrative. It's a narrative that settled nothing. If you make it four games, the, the number of three matchups is perfect as well because that means, okay, the Warriors won the best out of three. We're not going to get a best out of five, so what would the point of even having a four? It wouldn't be a fair matchup. I want to see a competitive NBA Finals, and that's why I do not want to see Cavs-Warriors again, something that I'm just tired of. We already know that the Warriors are the better team. Yeah, I think while we know that, everybody wants to watch it unfold because you'll see the LeBron, the the camp that's strongly LeBron against any metrics and extol the virtues, just like he does, of any statistical milestone that he does. And let's put up a graphic against all the greats of all time. They want a chance to say, hey, I'm right. Whereas everybody else that wants to hate watch and go after LeBron, they get what they want too. Look at him lose again. Look at him go down again. He can't carry a team. And he built this team and all those narratives. So so for a hate watching perspective, there's more to it. Like I think on the annals of I, I selfishly for our business, Dan, I think it's better for us if those two teams meet again because there's all those storylines that fall out. For the casual NBA observer, I think you want new blood, new injection of life because you can still have all those LeBron storylines swirling in the background talking about what mm-hmm. he's going to do this offseason and everything else if games start getting out of sorts in the po- in the, in the finals. But I, I think for the, the reason of the LeBron love or hate – it's it's still good for business, and I don't I don't know that yet the overall product, as bad as it may be on the court, I don't know that the numbers reflect it. Well, that I know this this, this music was a little weird already. <laughs> hey, wait, will, well, will, you didn't expect that, that transition. You're used to this part, and then when you started having <laughs> I, the flute, <laughs> I wanted it played off like three minutes ago. To be <laughs> we, yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> That's the wizard, folks. There it is. There you go. That's He's right the there. wizard. He's playing off the Godfather two theme. <laughs> All right, so Dan, I am I am with you in the whole competitive. You know, we want a competitive finals, and it would be pretty boring for me to watch. I mean, as much as I love LeBron, I just seeing another Cavs Warriors finals would be something that I think might affect the league, but. I do have to give this to Mike just because LeBron drives the narrative all the time. And I think Mike is spot on that despite whether or not if if whether or not the LeBron and the Cavs get back to the finals, people will watch it. <laughs> he played out go. Robert along the way. Get Rob at Ardozmati, correct, on Twitter. And you can get Sam at the Pastor Sam30, who soon will put the wizard into his Twitter bio. Does at, he have enough characters left, at, Dan? That's a long description there. Well, he's got aficionado of bourbon and blues. Yes. Yeah. I, can, I think I have a little more room left there. Yeah, I think you can fit something in. Well, if he changed aficionado to fan, that'll buy him a couple of hey, characters. Hey, hey, Very smart, Mike. Hey, it couldn't be worse than Rob, who calls us a glorified babysitter. Yeah, or that he's the glorified <laughs> babysitter. You know that, that, means, huh? that means we are the babies that Rob has got to watch over. And actually, that may be apropos I'll in wear my it. case. <laughs> He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. You can get Mike at Swollen Dome. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate. Quote, come at me, bro. Manatees (laughs) and novelty tees. Absolutely amazing. The Final Four is set. No, not in college basketball. Just for the biggest free agency in the NFL. 
That coming up next on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. A happy March 4th. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer. Oscar night. Yes! All the movies we didn't see, we'll celebrate, Dan. <laughs> I, I, I did not see any of them. I don't think I've seen a movie in the theater in over a year. Really? Actually, yeah. yeah. Good story. on you. No, hey. We all have our different things. Dan is a sportsman. And when and when he's not watching sports, he's right. out swinging the clubs. Yes, or watching uh, DIY. There Nothing is, wrong with there that. Is, there is a good there's a good block where I can go DIY, HGTV, Food Network, and Cooking Channel that are just boom, 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 boom on DirecTV, and then even on the outside of that, you got Game Show Network. Rob does oh, nice. I was just going to say you haven't been to a theater in over a year. Do you remember the last movie you saw in the theater? The last movie that I saw. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It it was about a year ago. Now that I remembered, you brought this up. <laughs> the Promise, which was about the Armenian genocide. My wife is Armenian. She wanted to go see it. So actually, it was. It was 11 months ago because wow. it came out last April. So that would have been the last movie that I saw as I was trying to think. The other one. You were trying to think of popcorn movies yeah, and I was, superheroes I was, and whatever. I was trying to get no. my, I was actually trying to think of popcorn so it could remind me no. of <laughs> when was the last time I sat in the theater. That was it. The The other answer that I was going to say I thought was maybe 22 Jump Street, which oh, was awesome. God. That was so hilarious. <laughs> I, I, that movie was great, but that was years ago. I, that may have been. There, there may have been a couple of others that there I saw in between, right. but. But it's Oscar night tonight, and and we'll see the celebs and the stars and do all their thing. And I'll just try to keep up to what's happening in college basketball. Get your popcorn ready. That's really it. I'll right? probably be yeah. watching the Bucks, to be honest, on my iPad. That's probably what's going to be happening. Switching between the Bucks, and maybe you'll go find Twenty Two Jump Street, which has been <laughs> running on one of the Fox, yeah. you know, channels. I think it was on FX the other day. So I mean, no, maybe you can go there. Great movie, great flick. I won't be watching the Combine because I don't <laughs> care about. Oh that. come yeah. on! Today's the linebackers and defensive linemen. I know. It all ends tomorrow, but the real NFL news that I want to talk about is free agency because Kirk Cousins is likely to be available. I don't want to I don't want to jump the gun too much, Mike, because you never know what the Redskins are going to do, but it looks like once Kirk Cousins hits free agency, he will now have a list of not one, not two, not three, but four teams to choose from. One of those is not the Cleveland Browns. Oh. Jets, Vikings, Cardinals, and Broncos. Reportedly, Kirk Cousins, Final Four. I really was hoping that Washington throws us a curveball and does that ill-fated franchise tag effort. All right, we tagged him. Now trade for him. No. There you go. You got $70 million wrapped up in two quarterbacks. Good luck. Although that would make the Alex Smith thing fall apart, which we keep wondering if that's going to happen once they really back out and realize how much money they're spending on him in year 15 of his NFL career. But that that's a whole other thing. I do like that the Cardinals are now mentioned because they've been the afterthought in this process all along. What about them? They've got a lot of money to spend, too. They've got as just as bad an offensive line as every one of these other sure. teams. And they've got Larry Fitzgerald, who said he's coming back. So you at least have one guy that you know can catch the ball. I, and David Johnson coming I, back. Yeah, I rank these teams into where I think Kirk Cousins should go of the four that he had, and I'll do it from worst to first. I actually think the Broncos are his worst option. 
I don't understand. I know that they have kept Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and they want to keep that core in hopes of bringing a quarterback in so you can look at it and say, we've got two really solid veteran targets for you to throw to, but if they don't run the ball and they don't block anyone on a defense that is starting to have a bit of a different face, sure, Von Miller is still there, and maybe Bradley Roby and Chris Harris can man the corners without Aqib Tlaib and Brandon Marshall. But the fact is, is I just don't know behind an offensive line that has so many questions if Denver is really an, an opportunity for a place for him to go. And even though you're paying those wide receivers that amount, Mike, that also means that you're not paying other places that I think Denver could use. Cardinals, I have three. I actually put the Vikings at two, and I think the Jets are his best option. The reason I, the only reason I say this, just bear with me, is the Vikings are still a team that hangs their hat on defense, and you need a quarterback that can do well enough. And if Kirk Cousins is going to sign a short-term deal in hopes of getting another contract at the back end of this, I actually think his opportunity to do so with the Jets, with a defense that is young but is is growing in in the market of New York. To be the to be the guy when it seems like maybe the Giants are are down, considering they're the second worst record in the <laughs> NFL. I actually like the Jets as his best option, and Minnesota being his second option because it seems to me, Mike, solely based on if he's trying to get a short term contract to get another one, maybe you're not going to put up the numbers in Minnesota that you would with the Jets. So for Kirk Cousins, I think actually the Jets could be the best option for him. Minnesota, you want to slow things down. You got a good defense, but you got weapons between Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph and Dalvin Cook coming back. You certainly have it's attractive in that regard. With the Jets, I don't know who you're throwing it to, but they got a lot of money to spend. And you sure. can be king of New York, right? If you just want to put up firing the ball downfield and, and we can get into Jay Gruden and his comments and people are doing all this the stat parsing say, look how bad he is here, 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 and here. I caution them all to look at the roster that he's been playing with. And then tell me about your evaluation of Matthew Stafford and some of these other quarterbacks. Are you telling me they're bad quarterbacks or are they just surrounded by garbage in mm-hmm. terms of the teams they've been playing with? Because when Jay Gruden did his how outstanding can you be and we're seven and nine, look at the talent or lack thereof, at many of the key positions for the Washington Redskins this past year. And when we start going into these breakdowns, Arizona and the Jets are interesting to me just because they're at least the Cardinals, you could see two playmakers that are obvious. With the Jets, your your number one option is probably going to jail. And if he's not in jail, he's getting suspended for a good chunk of time. But just from a, you know, who are you throwing it to? But the opportunity to be king of New York, make a pile of money, and then be able to reset two years from now, I think would be attractive. Because you you're still going to complete passes. You're still winging the ball around. So the gaudy numbers may still be there. The other thing that the top three teams in my rankings have that Denver doesn't have is job security for the head coach. Because there's no guarantee that Vance Joseph would be back for the 2019 season if things don't go well sure. in 2018. The Jets gave Todd Bowles an extension. The Cardinals just hired Steve Wilkes. And I think something crazy would have to happen for Mike Zimmer to not stay in Minnesota. So at least those three teams still have that stability. What's amazing is when you look at Cousins getting a short-term deal, and there are reports that Aaron Rodgers is just essentially waiting to see the numbers Cousins gets, and then they'll end up topping him. Is 
every other quarterback should be doing this. We argued this with the the franchise tag and how he played the franchise tag game and how he came out ahead. There, every other position in the NFL wants to get younger except quarterback. So if you're not a quarterback, a long-term deal, even though those numbers aren't guaranteed, still may give you some security or more money. For quarterbacks, it's just the exact opposite because the older you get, as crazy as it seems, maybe taking Alex Smith out of the equation because he's further down the line than, than many of these guys, but you want a guy who's going to be there than seven or eight years, but if you're a quarterback, you're saying, look, I know I have value in seven or eight years, and it's not going to be the value of what you're paying me now, so give me the short-term deal. And that's the crazy thing about it is, yeah, he may get his three-year deal and be available again, and maybe it's something that the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFL should be looking at. Yeah, I mean, when we go into these contracts in depth, I mean, even look at the Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Not as long in the tooth, but we can equate him kind of where he is in his career to Cousins, with Cousins Mm -hmm. having more starts, obviously. Garoppolo is the backup to Brady. But the way that deal was structured, yes, it's long-term, but what do you get? $90 million the first three years. Like, very front-loaded in terms of the cash. Because after three years, they may both decide, let's clap our hands, Vegas, blackjack dealer style, and move on. Likewise, that's what Cousins, I think, is working here. If the numbers for the Jets are to be believed, you you, you take a deep breath and – and exhale and say, wow, that's just take your money and, and run as you go. You mentioned Vance Joseph. There was no guarantee he was coming back this year. <laughs> right after right. year one, there was a lot of talk that, and John Elway finally had to say, yeah, we decided to bring him back. Like they had to have a press conference to let you know that a guy that just finished his first year in the NFL was coming back as a head coach. Stability, not necessarily there. Zimmer talked about his quarterback trio. And going through the process there, saying they may want me out if this doesn't go right, if I choose the wrong one. So not a lot of votes of confidence. Go with the new guys. Go go where Todd Bowles keeps getting extended. Go to Arizona where they just hired a new guy. I like the way you think. Hey, Sportsnet New York fears that the Jets, or the should say reports, that the Jets fear the Minnesota Vikings may have the edge on Kirk Cousins. I say, hey, go to the green. Straight cash! Yeah, yeah. yeah. In more ways than one. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. Saquon Barkley stole the show at the NFL Combine on Friday, but it was someone else's time to shine on Saturday. We'll get to that next. But first, Isaac Lohenkron will shine with the latest of what's happening in the world of sports. Why, thank you, Dan. We begin with the NBA, where on Saturday night, the Houston Rockets extended their winning streak to 15 games with a comeback victory over the Boston Celtics to improve their record to an NBA best 49-13. and The Trailblazers topped the Thunder. Portland's won six in a row. Lonzo Ball hit six three-pointers as the Lakers won at San Antonio to extend their winning streak to five. Denver hit 19 three-pointers and won at Cleveland by nine despite a LeBron James triple-double. Roger Bannister, the first runner to ever break the mystical four-minute mile barrier, has passed away. His family issuing a statement this morning saying Bannister died on Saturday in Oxford, England at the age of 88. In college hoops, number five, Duke rallied from a 13-point second-half deficit for a 10-point win over ninth-ranked North Carolina on Saturday night. Also Saturday night, the first bid into the NCAA tournament was on the line in the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament Championship game between Murray State and Belmont. McLean comes up, drives in the lane, puts it up, missed the shot, and the racers rush the floor. They are your 2018 OBC Tournament Champions. Neil Bradley the call on Froggy 103.7 as Murray State won at 68-51. And one final note, Dan and Michael. 
The weekday hosts on the Murray State flagship station, the aforementioned Froggy, Froggy. 103.7, they include the likes of, and I swear I'm not making any of this up, Heather McRibbits, Gracie Hopper, and Marty McFlies. Oh, Froggy 103.7. Broadcasting from the lily pad. (laughs) Comes down to this. I'm just putting my name on it. I love it. (laughs) Don't like what I say, Mike Harmon. Hey, hey, I like their style. By the way, with that final call, didn't it sound like a bass guitar was drumming like right after the final? Like, it did. Can we play it? You want to hear it again? Yeah, let's hear it. Here it is. Listen. McLean comes up, drives. In the lane, the puts it up, missed the shot, and the racers rush the floor. They are your 2018 OBC tournament champions. That is a band warming up, isn't it? It's a part of the student band after Not the game. Bad. Getting ready to rev up with like a Who song or something. I wish that schools would do away with marching bands and literally just have a rock band, like a four-person band be their (laughs) band. Like, ladies and gentlemen, the Arizona State Band, and it's just a guy on drums, someone on bass and guitar, and a lead singer. And that's they just play hits, and that's the actual band at the school. I like the way you think. And it has to that have is some innovative. It right? has to have some weird, weird name, you know. Like in my high school, our high school band, not one that I was in, but my high school was Fuzzy and the Blackheads. Mm. So it's got to have some weird. It's got to have like an that. acne yeah. reference. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> hey, high school's a difficult time for a lot of people. <laughs> That's <laughs> describing a 16-year-old boy's puberty quest <laughs> with the band from Isaac's high school. Thanks, Isaac. <laughs> Fuzzy and the Blackheads. That's naming every 15 and 16 year old's chin. That's the next level yeah, right there, it's Dan. True. It's true. Yep, it's true. Coming to you live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I may have told this story before, but it's a true story. I was told. When I was younger, that if you shave your mustache, it's going to grow back thicker. Grow back thicker. Yeah, we all heard that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I had this little, you know, crop of dust underneath my nose and I was about 14. And I was so afraid that if I was to shave it, it would come back in full Tom Selleck mode. Like, just this <laughs> huge... So I wouldn't shave it. But you would have been a hit with the ladies, well, and you could have starred in your own 80s so, so, private eye so in, show on So in my, my class picture when I was a freshman in high school and even a sophomore in high school, I have this awful, just crappy mustache that is just, <laughs> that it should have been shaved. And But I was just so afraid to do it. And you could see it. I, I thought it was going to grow back full board. I didn't want to do it. And I guess I was maybe just, I didn't know how to ask or say anything, but that's, and yeah, I had this nice little crop duster of a mustache. But that's a question. If you asked our, our families with Midwestern roots, Dan, you're not getting a real answer. No. No. <laughs> I love you, mom. I know you're out there listening, <laughs> but the fact is you weren't going to, nobody knew the truth. I mean, it's not like they could go now and, and Google it back then. No chance. You were getting some old wives' tale that was coming through. Now, for me, I had the opposite. I still have the baby face now unless I really let it grow, and then I've got a a white beard. But my eyebrows, until I was about 35 years old, didn't appear. So people always (laughs) assumed I had a a chemical accident in high school. (laughs) 
Hey, better late than never, right? <laughs> Finally showed up. I used to have to paint them on for live hits back in the day. That was part of the Boy, routine, Dan. Mike looks surprised today. <laughs> he looks shocked. Uh, this is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. Get us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. He can get Mike at Swollen Dome. NFL Research has been having fun, and I'm using their Twitter handle, at NFL Research to fill you in on what they've done during the NFL Combine. Okay. And they did this on Friday, and it took off, about 11,000 retweets. They put Saquon Barkley's numbers from his Combine performance up against other greats in the NFL, saying Saquon Barkley is stronger than Joe Thomas because he did 29 reps of 225 on the bench compared to Thomas's 28. His 10-yard split was one hundredth of a second faster than Deshaun Jackson's, who was at 1.55, and Barkley's was 1.54. He was faster than Devin Hester in the 40-yard dash as Barkley ran a 4.40 compared to Barkley's 4.43 and jumped higher than Julio Jones, who had a 38.5-inch vertical, and Saquon Barkley has a 41-inch vertical. I, I find that as, as you know, finding the right stat to prove your point. And sure. We all do it here. But it has lifted the hype to Saquon Barkley to – Something that I I go back to the Josh Allen. What did we see that we didn't know was already there? And we knew he was he was great. You just had to look at the Iowa game to see what Saquon Barkley would do to see this stuff and to see how much we blow it out of proportion. It, it's it's just there's something about it that is just it's it's just gets me the wrong way, Mike. It's just a little bit of it's just I knew that he was a great athlete. And now when I know that you're cherry, like if you want to put his numbers up against Julio Jones in every single category, then I would have a better picture right. if he was, you know, jumping on and, and winning seven out of those eight categories. Here we're just trying to find positions that maybe other guys just didn't perform as well at. But he seems to be the craze of the combine so far. I think when you, you get into these numbers and look, our business is we hype stories, we we have hot takes and opinions and try to further the discussions and, and go back and forth. Obviously, having a lot of fun with you here on a Sunday morning. We appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time here at Fox Sports Radio. But the the this is how do we combat everything that's going on in the sporting world? NCAA basketball getting towards the tournament. Here's the NBA with the Rockets winning 15 in a row. Great games across the board last night. You have a lot of storylines. LeBron James, is this the last run in Cleveland for many, many things, right? Is it he doesn't get back to the finals? Does he leave Cleveland at the end of the year? Here's, we got to find a hype train. And normally it's just a random workout guy that isn't a presumptive top five pick. But here for Saquon Barkley in a an age where I guess – after last season, we're trying to reestablish the running back mm-hmm. and that position. Perhaps that's part of the the play here as well. Hey, we've been talking about quarterbacks and wide receivers a lot, but the running backs, they're back, and this is an opportunity to do so. And, you know, you, you talk about cherry-picking stats. How, how did we, we – for 48 hours, it's just been the greatness of Saquon Barkley. But then you can, again, go back through game tape. When teams designed schemes to stop him – Oftentimes, they were able to do pretty sure. well against him. He had a couple of monster games, and the touchdown total is impressive. But there were a number of teams that had good success in slowing him down. So when we it, it keeps going back, game tape versus the workout and, and these numbers. But for now, it, it seems more like an NFL hype machine 
type of experience than anything else. Josh Allen got a bit of that treatment yesterday throwing well at the combine, but again, something that we knew that he had a strong arm. He throws the ball far, Dan. Yes, he does. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. It is Fox Sports Sunday, and coming up, the one and done is only a problem for some in college basketball. We explain next on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer. Glad to have you with us. The Lonesome Kicker just let everyone know on Twitter that it's time to play the feud as we do each and every week. We may open this up to the audience next week. Sweet. Yes, the Fox family Nine top nine answers on nine. the board for Mike Harmon, Rob Dosmati, Sam Kinsley, and Isaac Glowenkron. Three strikes and a super pass today. A super pass. Woo-hoo. What we want to know is schools with the most one and dones that have been drafted since 2006 in college basketball. One and done, such a big topic of conversation over these last couple of weeks. Top nine answers on the board. Give me the schools with the most one-and-dones drafted since 2006. Three strikes and a pass. Mike Harmon, you are up first. I'm going to leave the chalk behind for my my compatriots here. Uh, I am going to go with U-C-L-A. Tribute to the Ball family. (laughs) Why not? Lonzo Ball left early. Show me U-C-L-A in that eight clap. Apropos as well, because they've had eight players drafted yeah. as one-and-dones. Going over to Rob Dosmati, by the way, UCLA third on our list of nine schools with the most one-and-dones drafted since 2006. All right, well, I guess I had to go up to Duke. Let's go with Duke. I feel safe there. Interesting, because for a long time, guys wouldn't leave Durham, but now as of late, are they saying bye-bye? Hello, yeah. Duke. Number two answer. How about that? Ten. Count them 10 one-and-dones in college basketball. Over to the Wizard, a.k.a. Iowa Sam, the Pastor Sam, Sam Kinsley. Mike, I like the uh, the chalk reference. Let's go rock, chalk, Jayhawk. Oh, Look at that. interesting. Quite a turn. Yeah. KU? You yeah. bet. There it is. Kansas up on the board. Over to Isaac Lowenkron. By the way, Kansas, eight one-and-dones drafted since 2006. Isaac, so far, Duke, UCLA, and Kansas off the board. Top nine answers we're searching for today. Yeah, I didn't think this was going to last till the fourth guess, so I'm going to go with Kentucky. Kentucky. Heck, it's got to be number one, right? There it is. Number one answer. 21 one-and-dones drafted since 2006 no strikes on the board the super pass is still available mike Harmon. yeah i'm gonna be real honest i i left that one for sam and he went in kansas instead. <laughs> uh, fox sports sunday is brought to you by hooters you got to get to hooters and try the new smoked wings it's a whole new way to crave wings and with all the taste and half the calories you can eat twice as many hooters and fox sports sunday Going a little deeper down the the road here, how about the Ohio State? Oh, sure. Heck, they had the class in 2007. Show me the Buckeyes. 
six players. Yeah. They had three from that class. And Greg Oden, Daquan Cook, and Mike Conley over to Rob Dosmati. Pour one out on the curb for Greg Oden now. (laughs) (laughs) Does that count? Um, Oh, my God. Still got drafted, buddy. (laughs) That was another one? How about we go (laughs) with... Go with uh, Arizona, Sean Miller. Uh, oh, why not? They're in the news. <laughs> <laughs> do we bear down? We should. Sure you take money? Arizona. <laughs> All right, Super Pass is still available. Sam Kinsley. Three schools left. The ones off the board: Kentucky, Duke, UCLA, Kansas, Ohio State, and Arizona. Schools with the most one and dones drafted since 2006. Let's try UNC Tar Heels. North Carolina, Roy Williams, a lot of talent going through Chapel Hill. Show me the Tar Heels. They may stick around a little bit longer in North Carolina. Over to Isaac Lohenkron. No excuses, if I get this one wrong. Syracuse? Show me the excuse. There oh, is that Tyler Lydon right. and, and the likes. Number nine on the list with four one and duns. We are down to two. Super pass is still available. Mike Harmon. How about the Gators? Florida Gators. Some talent, couple of national championships. Just rewinding back to yeah. that that part of the Show me the Florida Gators. No! no. Two strikes on the board. Over to Rob Dosmati. Oh, Seven oh. answers taken. Super pass is still available. What is a? I, I feel. Isn't that the the great mystery? It's yeah, like the let's w- take this or what's inside the box. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I want to go for the super pass. Okay, the super pass is. The Super Pass will give you Texas, okay? Texas had six players via one and done, but the Super Pass gives a clue to the next player. That means it's up to Sam Kinsley, okay? If you're looking for the one and dones, you may want to look in the Northwest. Final answer. There is your clue for the Family Feud title. One and dones. Sam, it all comes down to your answer. Oregon? The Oregon Ducks. Show me quack, quack. No! The Washington Huskies! Woo! (laughs) A Big Ten champion will be crowned today at Madison Square Garden. Yes, in New York City. Michigan taking on Purdue. Final round of the WGC Mexico Championships in golf. Got the NBA rolling along. Nice busy time of the year. And, of course, yes, the madness continues with the NFL Combine. Linemen and linebackers grabbing the headlines today. But the star players that we've had over the last couple of days with the quarterbacks and running backs have been stealing the show. Now it's time for some of the bigger guys to have their turn. Offensive linemen were earlier in the week as well. Don't want to exclude them. Quentin Nelson, a, a great workout, but defensive lineman today getting a chance to shine in Indianapolis. What I enjoy are the the long view shots we're getting out of Indianapolis, showing where the different coaches and scouts are sitting, some 40 rows up. I want to know what the optimal viewing spot is and what the hell kind of vision they have 
that they're sitting 40 rows up. Like, I would really want to get a, a view from here of how that guy gets out of the blocks. I guarantee you they find a spot that is closest to a fridge <laughs> and a bathroom, and that's why they end up in the suites of sitting there taking their notes, figuring out what's happening. As we spoke with Frank Schwab earlier in the show, the Combine, when you cover the Combine as a media member, you aren't allowed to just go and sit in the stands. Right. And the NFL in recent years has figured out ways to try to expand their calendar. The NFL really's goal, and this was brought up years back, this isn't anything for me that's original, but many said that the NFL wanted to be an 11-month out-of-the-year sport, where really the only thing that you would have non-NFL, the only month would be June. But if you pushed everything kind of back with the draft happening in May and then training camps happening in July – you would feel like June would be the only month where there really wasn't a staple NFL event because you could have the Super Bowl in February, the Combine in March, maybe free agency in April, and then the draft in May, and that's what would grab your attention. Well, Mike, with the NFL and how they like to expand things, we've seen how they've expanded the NFL draft, now moving it around. How about opening up the Super Bowl week to fans? Now we've seen that in the last three or four Super Bowls where fans can now attend a me, the media night opening. Right. Heck, they moved media day to right. a Monday night. Together. Yeah, sure. just for the simple fact, the fact of having maybe fans watch a scouting combine, which I know has been talked about before, may actually put some juice in that building as well. I don't know if that would be advantageous for the coaches to get what they needed done, but I wouldn't put it past the NFL to, to make a change that way, even try to figure out a way to have another buck because they've already got events that they would take at a Super Bowl for the fans and experience sort of thing and are bringing them to Indianapolis as Just well. Just move all of the coaching staffs into luxury boxes and then let the fans in. Sure. If you can monetize it, have at it. I think one of the interesting things here is – when you, when you do see how coaches and their those around them, however many are in their their group from each team, come to these events, and we saw it. I, I used to go to the East-West Shrine game practices when I was up at the Stanford mm-hmm. Stadium, and you'd have a couple of guys. And sure, the coaches would get together for a few minutes, but then everybody would separate. So I always wondered, who is the one determining how loudly they could speak and who you know, make sure there weren't any mini parabolic microphones around, <laughs> so you were picking up what the other did. And I think that's really the only part to this that would change is figuring out, you know, how do you have your space to where it's not suddenly showing up you, on Twitter something yeah. that was uttered between a scout and a coach and everything else. You could you could make just a few sections available, maybe on one side of the field available to fans, and then give the rest for the coaches to allow them to have that side of the stadium. There are different ways to do it, but I honestly don't think that it would be that far away for how the NFL likes to produce and squeeze every bit out of, of juice out of that orange that they can. Sure. This would be another way of them doing that. Well, and every every time they we turn around, it's the how do we get some positive press? Right, Not just expand that calendar, but given the barrage of hits to the game on so many mm-hmm. levels, you've got how many bills being introduced in different states about what the age limit should be in terms of kids coming into the game and what those rules should be and how much certification coaches can have. There's a lot of that spot, and that all reflects on the game as a whole. So when you can get a positive PR spin of, hey, look what you get to do. You get to watch this live and meet the next generation. Maybe you start pulling people out of the crowd, and they get to you know run a race and 
you know, match 40-yard dash times against their favorites and win prizes. I mean, there's a million ways to start to spin it, but it's all about trying to to get a little bit of the the warm, fuzzy feel of the NFL back that has been lost. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Let's serve up another hot takes and sausage tied up at one apiece. Mike Carmen and myself discuss the topic. That has been brought up by Rob Dosmati, our executive producer. Big A, Alex Teichert, now our technical producer, taking over. What's happening, guys? Good morning, fellas. It's been what a, up? It's been a productive day so far, I feel like. It's been a good first two hours. Solid, solid, uh, tight matchup between Mike and myself. Yes. And for those of you that uh, may just be tuning in, Mike and I do discuss there's a movie theme today and... If we go on too long with our discussion or <laughs> argument, we will get played off by the house band. <laughs> so that's our new rules. We there you maybe, go. We should maybe keep this one into effect. <laughs> I, I, th- I think there's something yeah, to that. I yeah. think so as well. Ty shirts playing all those instruments at once, too, so it's, he's doing real good. <laughs> Jack of all trades. <laughs> well, uh, and that helps when you're producing your own music and mixtapes. That know. way you don't have to pay royalties. Which we're, which we're still waiting on to hear, I believe. Gentlemen... It'll be coming any day now. All right. Any day now. All right. Look at that. It's going to drop. What is that? That's the old Ronnie Millsap song. Any day now. Do I have to pay for that? <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. You're, getting, you're giving us censored versions, right? I'm assuming. Oh, there's no swearing in my music. Oh, I'm right. like the Will Smith of this song. Oh, genre. nice. Okay. I've heard right. that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's championship week in college basketball, which means March Madness is just around the corner. College basketball is in the midst of one of the biggest scandals in sports history, and a lot is made about how that may affect the tournament. So my question for you guys, if more major coaches get busted leading up to next week, will it affect viewership for March Madness? Mike, we'll start with you. No! Are you kidding? Watching absolute chaos and uncertainty and seeing how easy the broadcast partners are with such a proclamation? No, that's that's intrigue. How many more people are sidling up to the television or calling in sick to work because now you have absolute chaos if you were suddenly to have a mass purge of all these coaches, which we know isn't going to happen. Enjoy one last dance when nah, you like that uh, with all of these coaches before the uh, everything really hits. No, I, I think right now you've got a lot of interest on the sport. More so, I mean, we we had for a while, but we we liked Oklahoma for about three weeks. But you were one of the first, I think, to jump on the hey, one guy, it's a one man band, they're going to fall apart. What happened? Oklahoma they can't win a game. They're not even in the also receiving votes. There's been no hot story for the NCAA to build momentum towards this tournament. This thing is the best thing to happen to it because people are actually talking about college basketball. Mike's right. It is the it's the most popular thing in college hoops in the last ten years. That at least have is people drawing to it. What will happen though is there will be a sour eye if there is even such a thing uh, towards college basketball, and it will be it will be connected to some sort of um, s- maybe some snark, some dismissiveness of people not really taking this in as a true national championship and a true bracket just because they don't know who is legit and who isn't legit, and that would hurt the tournament. I don't think you would see ratings increase because of this. I actually think, if anything, you could see ratings drop because of the scandal. And there's no way we're going to be hitting that Warren Buffett billion-dollar bracket, I feel like, this year, right? There's no. no chance. <laughs> like, no. Never this is, this is the year, if you were ever going to offer that, offer it, because the, the bracket's going to be a mess. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> well, I think we both, Dan, you and I both agree, we agree with Mike where it won't really affect March Madness. It's going to create a whole new storyline. So, Mike, you will get this round. Ah. See the Jaws theme song. There you go. There you go. Me I, and uh, Quint. I agree with Mike. One of my favorite traditions of college basketball is the Thursday, the first day of the games. And you know who I'm talking about. We're talking about the guy that you work with that loses one <laughs> Sweet 16 team and he declares that his bracket is over. Oh, it's over. A, it's a final. The fact is, it is extremely, extremely difficult. It, it's got to be darn near impossible to get all 16 Sweet 16 teams. So remember this. In a week and a half, when a guy picks a Sweet 16 team that loses in the first game on that Thursday and says, oh, I'm done, feel free to slap him because <laughs> that guy is an idiot and doesn't deserve to be in any pools. Not hard. Just be like, come on, Tim, you idiot. That, like, I, that it, nothing like, well, there are things that drive me more crazy, but I just hate that because they just get one wrong, and, and it's only like they've only lost like three points. It's not like you've lost your national champion like when Michigan State lost to Middle Tennessee. Then people had reason to throw away their bracket, but not just because you lose one Sweet 16 team. Be yeah, realistic. Well, no, the secondary part of that, though, Dan, is is the guy that's doing all the whining and complaining is the guy that didn't watch a game of college basketball. <laughs> All season long. That that's where it gets problematic is you didn't know anything about these teams going in and they lost and you couldn't tell me either the top score, the coach, the nickname of the the mascot yep. of the team. Go on down the line. You've got nothing. So that but that's what college hoops is all about, right? It all builds towards March. As much as we may love the October run against Marathon Oil and everything else through <laughs> through the regular season of whatever conference you follow. You like listen, that? Uh, listen, <laughs> they don't do that anymore, I don't think, but that is an amazing reference. Athletes in Action and Marathon <laughs> Oil are the greatest. Oh, that That is absolutely amazing, Mike Harmon. Well, sometimes you have to go in the way back machine, Dan. That but- <laughs> is, oh my goodness, that is great. But now people are paying attention and, and you draw them in and- they start to think they know more than they do because they read a column or two. And, we, you know, full transparency, I'm paying attention to college basketball, but do I pay attention like I used to? No, the first three months of the season are in the middle of the NFL season and the beginning of the NBA season. What do we talk more of? NBA mm-hmm. and, and, and the National Football League, they dominate. So what is my time consumed with? More of that. Yeah, the, the your point about the NFL schedule is a well- taken one as well because we've had the Super Bowl moved back now what two weeks right there were Super Bowls on I remember growing up and heck even 40 years ago there were Super Bowls in mid-January but we're talking Super Bowls were around January 20 something so even if and and this isn't with how much the NFL then dominated so you still were able to grab onto college basketball because maybe it was the start of the conference season or at mm-hmm. least early on if you were focusing that much it's an, it's a really good point that isn't really considered as the NFL's overlapping or extension has really hurt college basketball He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. The NCAA is considering changing the way that they treat college athletes. We'll tell you how they're thinking about doing that next on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Harmon, the one clapping. I'm Dan Bayer. Not clapping.
Come on, we're celebrating Fergie. It's 877-996-6369. You can always listen to us on the iHeartRadio app, Sirius XM Channel 83, and also you can find the show on iTunes. Simple. Just subscribe to Fox Sports Radio Weekends. Download the show every single week. You can hear how we did in the feud today. It was a dandy. This So could, close, Dan. It was Well, so close to the end. Did we cash in is the question. You'll have to find out again. Uh-huh. Yes, go check out the podcast on iTunes. Find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Mike, they can get you at. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Reminder, Fox Sports Sunday is brought to you by Hooters, Dan. You got to get to Hooters and try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings, and with all the taste, half the calories, you can eat twice as many. Hooters, just in time for March Madness. Changes could be coming to the NCAA, and if you're one of those people that have been yelling Pay the payers, pay the players, pay the players. I got bad news. That doesn't seem to be in the forefront. However, in an interview with the Associated Press, NCAA President Mark Emmert did say that as they continue to evaluate what is going on with the NCAA and the players, that they would consider a possible Olympic model. Now, these are some of the comments made by Emmert to the Associated Press, and I'm going to quote here. First on the paying of the players, Emmert said, quote, I haven't heard any university say that they want to change amateurism to move into a model where student athletes are paid by universities and universities are negotiating with agents for their relationships with the school. I'd be surprised if the commission came forward with that kind of recommendation. However, he did say they, they could be looking at an Olympic model that would allow athletes at schools to be able to have sponsorship deals on their own or make money off of their likeness. That would be a change to what we've got in the NCAA, but it also wouldn't be going all the way down the line to actually paying the athletes money. It would allow them to make an income outside of what they do on the basketball courts. Go all the way back. whatever playing field. Yeah, I remember Jeremy Bloom, who was Mm -hmm. an Olympic skier, uh, but also playing at the University of Colorado. Molly's game, highly recommended. You know, the gambling movie. Molly Bloom was also a, a skier, got in, injured and ended up running Hollywood poker games. That was one of the movies I saw this year, Dan, so that's worth a look-see here on this Oscar Sunday. Uh, but the the larger part of this is trying to figure out where those marriages are made. And obviously each school has its own plethora. I mean, depending on your school, you, how many ties and how many sponsors do you have in stadium i think that would be an interesting thing to go through big school mm-hmm. you know go through your power fives and figure out how many ties they have to local you know and regional chains you know here's your fast food restaurants here's all all of those different items does that trickle down to the players then hey we've named a new burger after quarterback insert name here and now he gets a cut of however many burgers are sold or whatever the case may be but you know the the line that kind of made me laugh out of the the Emmert transcription here. Quote: We've got these very serious issues which require serious change, and they erode people's belief in the integrity of all college sports. Now, the way that's written, it's straight out of the American President. Another great film: Michael Douglas, uh, Richard Dreyfus, and they're going back and forth on, on the campaign trails. But the quote: They erode people's belief in the integrity of all college sports. Who who believes that 
on any yeah. level that this is sounds been, very naive, right? Yeah. It's it's slapping everybody upside the head and saying, "Hey, you know, college is pure." Remember, amateurism. Well, there, there's a lot that I think I believe gets misconstrued, or there's a misconception. If you pay athletes, in my mind, Mike, that isn't going to change them being offered money by agents to go to certain schools so they're tied to certain shoe companies or go to right. their go to certain that does not change who and we talked about this last week if you would give an athlete whatever sport they play a thousand dollars let's say let's say a thousand dollars a month right straight good round cash, number yeah. straight sure an agent comes up to them and says we're going to give you a hundred thousand dollars or if you're a high school kid we're going to give you a hundred thousand dollars to go to this school, and then you can sign with us as as when you go to the NBA. Yeah, they're going to do that. They're not going to say, no thanks, I already get $1,000, or I'm going to be getting $1,000 a month from the NCAA, I'm good. That isn't. That is not going to change. That That is not going to change. I also find the fact, you went to college, I went to college, and I hear the sob stories of athletes having to eat ramen noodles, that's all you do in college. That's no different from you or me. Right. Like that that is what do you want? Steak every night? No, you're you on know? the meal plan. And, yeah. and and look, I did financial aid for, for Northwestern after graduate. I did a couple of years of that. Uh that was my work study job and I went to it after. There's there's fat in budgets if they want to take out loans, right? And that's where it starts getting into this whole other, you know, matrix of of options. For you and I and for the athletes themselves. And with the athletes, they've been able to get some extenuating circumstances due to training times, extra meals, all of those kind of things, to where that budget starts to boost a little bit. Maybe they need to live a little closer to the stadium and to the arena so they're not necessarily on campus. So you've got to factor in where they live in the university town relative to the university housing itself so maybe there's a little allowance in the budget a little bit of extra fat maybe they need a car whereas the average student so like the budget can start to grow a little bit so now whether it's via you know a grant or a student loan that they or a guardian or somebody takes out that there, there's room in that budget to build it so it's not ramen yeah. and maybe a, a better meal plan but the the reality is that you know no nobody's living Living right, I mean, we were in Evanston. It's not like everybody was going down to the best steak restaurant and seafood yeah. restaurant every night and having a meal. Yeah, hot dogs again. Great. What are you having for dinner? Uh, Raisin Bran. I made That's, a gruel-like product that was really popular. Really? Yeah, beans and rice and yeah, whatever cheap cut of meat was about to expire. That that's, that's what I remember from college. The ability, if the NCAA were to take the Olympics model, Mike, I also think would work itself out. Because I've heard critics say to this, well, then Alabama's going to get all the best players. Then Alabama, because you're going to be able to make more at Alabama. Really? You really you really think that's the case? Well, I will bring this up. If you're a top running back in high school football, mm-hmm. and you want to go play college football, and you're saying to yourself, well, Alabama wants me. Well, they can... You know, they're, they've got a great fan base. I can make a lot of money off my likeness because I'm an Alabama football player. Okay, well, look at what Nick Saban has done. Guys have come through the system. Bo Scarborough is working out at the NFL Combine. Sat behind Damian Harris the last couple of years. 
you had got it come before that of a long list of running backs, whether it be Mark Ingram or Trent Richardson or Eddie Lacy, guys who have waited their times to become t- Derrick Henry top running backs, but they waited their time through. What about going to my alma mater of Wisconsin, where you're running for 1,800 yards behind a big offensive line time and time and time right. again? You don't think you're going to make money from a car dealership in Madison or some other place or an autograph shop but you're going to do it in Tuscaloosa when nobody knows who you are the first two years that you're there? If if you could be a star on any campus, that's what we're talking about. You can make money off of your likeness in that way. That would be a way to do it. No, there's there's a million ways. We've talked about it on air. I mean, back in the day, traveling the Big Ten, you had Tim Dwight of Iowa had to have people from the sheriff's department with him yes. to make sure he wasn't signing autographs for the same 30 guys that yep. were making a ton of money off his 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 likeness and off his autograph in Iowa City that were traveling to Big Ten cities yep. and going to you know to practices and everything else. Did we sign for this guy yesterday? No. You go through. I mean, you, you talk about Bo Scarborough. He got one of the you know just a sidelight for a moment since we all we've talked about is Saquon Barkley. He got one of the great combine questions of all time, being asked if God was an Auburn fan. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Justin Jackson of Northwestern. Another afterthought, you know, so you've got running backs, but you go somewhere where you become the guy. You mentioned Wisconsin. Ron Dane, for a lot of people, his last name was the ball carrier. (laughs) Justin Jackson of Northwestern. Yes. The ball carrier is his nickname because he carried, like, he was the offense. Yes, you did some other things, but he was front and center. So you want to be the guy. I mean, just go back and go watch three games. Just watch a three-game span of Wisconsin when Ron Dane was there. They didn't do anything else until his legs were just jelly. He was running the football behind that massive offensive line. And then we start getting into the discussion of if, if you could be the guy at whatever school, not even a power school like a Wisconsin, if you could be the guy, take take any of the Pac-12 schools, take any, you know, which are on the national yeah. level, kind of get to be afterthoughts sometimes based on the time of day they play. But if you're the guy, you're going to sell merch, you're going to sell advertising. Those businesses all exist everywhere. Yeah. Jake Browning gets a deal at Washington. Guess what? He's the Washington quarterback. You, you know, I mean, like, like if you, like that is – there is value to all of those on every single campus, and that would allow you to do so. And, and every athlete is not going to be able to do that. And that's and that's why and those athletes wouldn't be funneled to a Texas or an Alabama. It just it wouldn't happen. Like if you were thinking about what you could do on your likeness, there are options everywhere across college football, and it actually may even even it out a little bit more than you'd Free believe. Free market economy, yeah. because you're not waiting and saying, this is the best place for me year three. I can go be, might be a lesser team, but I'm the guy. And any of that money that does flow through car dealerships, card shops, whatever, photo yeah. at, at the local you know chain restaurant inserted here that I can go to and do a signing and, and pose for pictures for two hours, those, those opportunities are always going to be there. I've always felt, and this has meant no disrespect, and I don't mean to name sports, and I'm, I, I appreciate and think the work that these athletes do is amazing. But if this was a real business world, if you play men's tennis at a university or cross country or women's soccer, 
Those aren't money-making programs. Football is the money-making program. Football makes the money for, for to support all of those other programs. If this was the business world, those businesses wouldn't be in business because you would just cut bait and be like, we didn't make any money off of it. So when I, while I hear athletes should be paid and you think of it as the, A, it's not realistic to pay athletes across 20 to 30 different sports. And B, in a real business world, there are there there may be eighty to ninety percent of the athletes on campus that don't deserve to be paid because their money their their sport doesn't produce right. the revenue. And if this was a business world, those businesses would shut down because they aren't making money. There is no way to do it. So to to sit there and think that, and I know like football makes so much money, and and if we're trying to figure out who gets paid, who, I'm not trying to diminish it. It's just a fact of business that I just I, if you're not making money, why? then should you get it? Well, they keep going back in into like you would at a grocery store or somewhere else. You've got your lost leaders that you think it's you've got to have that product in the store. So based on the NCAA model, you have to. You have to have mm-hmm. those different sports and whatever yeah. else. And they add value. Certainly those people add value not only via their sport, but what they're doing in the classroom and what they're contributing to the campus. So you're now we're going into secondary valuations beyond the monetization. And for the that's the thing. Once you put it under the NCAA umbrella, and maybe that's yep. the question that needs to be asked, but when you put it under that umbrella, it, it encompasses so much. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Coming up next, college football and college basketball go head-to-head. We'll explain after Isaac Lowenkron gives us the latest. Good morning, Isaac. Morning, Dan and Michael. We begin in the NBA, where on Saturday night, the Houston Rockets extended their winning streak to 15 games with a comeback victory over the Celtics. They're now an NBA best 49-13. and Elsewhere, Lonzo Ball hit six three-pointers as the Lakers won at San Antonio to extend their winning streak to five. First time, by the way, the Spurs have lost four straight at home since 2002. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Elsewhere, Denver hit 19 three-pointers and won at Cleveland despite a LeBron James triple-double. Roger Bannister, the first runner to ever break the four-minute mile barrier, has passed away. His family issued a statement this morning saying that Bannister died on Saturday in Oxford, England at the age of 88. That's the same town where he ran the first ever sub four minute mile in 1954. International Association of Athletics Federation President Sebastian Coe, himself a running legend with two Olympic gold medals, said simply of Bannister, quote, he made the impossible possible, unquote. And finally, in college hoops, the first bid into the NCAA tournament went to Murray State thanks to a 68-51 victory over Belmont on Saturday night in the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament Championship game. The Racers racing into March Madness. Dan and Michael, back to you. Good to hear. Thank you very much, Isaac. We are coming to you live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We're going to hear all about bracketology over the next seven days. It is going to be a big deal if we haven't already. This is my question. We know that there are college football fans and there are college basketball fans. He's Mike Carmen, and I'm Dan Beyer. We're fans of both. We like to follow both. We know that there are some schools that are maybe more diehard towards one program than another. Let's just say Alabama football compared to their basketball program. Let's take 
USC football, Texas football, more diehard to those programs mm-hmm. than their basketball programs. And we know that that's vice versa as well, where maybe basketball is is more of a of a draw, Duke, North Carolina, than maybe what football leads on to be. That's nothing new. But I want to pose this question to you, Mike Harmon. Yes, sir. As a Northwestern grad, and you are speaking for just fans who are fans of football and basketball programs, would you rather have a berth in the NCAA tournament or would you rather have your school play in a New Year's Six bowl game that is not a part of the college football playoff? Because this specific instance, Penn State and Washington played in the Fiesta Bowl. Guess what? Those two teams are on the bubble of making it to the NCAA tournament. USC played in the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State. USC, a tough loss to UCLA last night. They're on the bubble. You've got Texas, a program that we know how big football is in Texas and with the Longhorns. Texas is sitting on the bubble. Would you rather have a New Year's Six, again, non-playoff bowl game, or just a berth in the NCAA tournament if you're a sports fan? Well, let's see. Now that I have my one, <laughs> I've got my one in my back pocket from Northwestern and just a tough season all around playing at the All-State Arena uh, and myriad factors that I, I shan't uh, belabor here on national uh, sports talk radio. Uh, I'll be happy to do any hits in Illinois to talk this out. <laughs> uh, as anybody wants to, or at Swollen Dome, we can get into it a little bit. Uh, we, we got that berth, right? It's one thing to have a birth in, in the tournament and you had it once and, and it's nice but are you really going on a run was there an expectation last year for northwestern to really go on a run things look like they were going to set up to at least make it out of the first weekend but you're not winning it you don't have the belief or at least i don't yet that coach collins has that team to where they're suddenly going to mm-hmm. even if everything had broken right this year They're not going on a deep run. However, Pat Fitzgerald and the legend of Pat Fitzgerald and what he's built going from Gary Barnett to Randy Walker into Coach Fitzgerald's uh, career, that you've built a program that is stable, that is a perennial 8-10 to win team. You know, hiccup here and there, but they've built a stable program to where, for me, the New Year's Day bowl game and being a football guy and being of – Defensive tackle stature. Uh, I'm a football guy, so that was always the first love. So, yes, New Year's, even if it's not part of the playoff, I still want the New Year's Bowl. Like, that's what that's the that is part of the equation as you look at this dilemma as well as if you have a great season in college football and make it to the Peach Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl or maybe even the Rose Bowl the year that they don't have the semifinals. The Ro- Actually, I'm going to take the Rose Bowl out of it. It's a different animal. Everybody wants to play in the Rose Bowl. Penn State is the perfect example of this. Penn State played in a great Rose Bowl 14 months ago against USC, right. had a season where there were huge expectations, and then they end up not meeting those expectations of getting into the college football playoff, don't go to the Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl had the semifinal, what, whatever the fact is. They didn't make it. To the like the the depths that they the the heights excuse me that they wanted to go to, so now they go to the Fiesta Bowl, and there's nothing to play for in those games. You were coming off of a season where there were expectations and you really didn't meet it, but now you've got this basketball program that's sitting on the bubble right. that is just like, and you are in it. You're in the day. there's there's no guarantee that you 
will be ousted in the first round or win a national championship. But the fact is, is that you're in the equation. And that's what I think is so unique about this. And I was thinking about this yesterday, and it's more even about just college football. And now, really, it is so much just about those four teams. And you have the journey, and it's we talked last week about enjoying Tiger Woods. Enjoy the journey, not the destination. If you had your choice, you know, USC played a meaningless Cotton Bowl game where you yeah. just hope Sam Darnold didn't get hurt. No, sure. You know, but now maybe you're like, well, if we could get into the into the NCAA tournament, if you're a fan of of just USC athletics or Penn State ath- athletics, or the same with with Texas. I think there's a lot of value of just trying to get into the dance because at least your team has a shot instead of maybe playing a meaningless game. Yeah, I think it, when we look at it from the NCAA, it's like you just want to be able to you know get the invite to the dance. It's like anybody, as we start getting towards prom season, you need prom advice. You want to decide what your look if your look is right. I mean, yeah. Dan and I are the guys to give you that at Dan Byer on Fox at Swollen Dome. We'll give you some advice and some tips along there of where maybe you could save a couple of bucks. But the the fact is, you want to be able to go because you never know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And I, and I get that part of it. And I think part of my my view may be skewed based on the, even though it's now been 20 years of good football, good, solid program mm-hmm. building, consistent teams, and always that one or two play, one or two yeah. players that stand out, right? Anthony Walker having a nice run. I see him uh, hyping up and Jackson on, on Twitter and going back. Saying, and now there's reports, hey, the Cowboys were taking a long look at him. So it's kind of exciting to see one of your Northwestern guys getting a little bit of run. But remember, when I was there, that was that was coming out of the Denny Green era into mm-hmm. Gary Barnett where there wasn't a lot of winning being done. And most road trips, if you traveled to watch your team, you got boat raced. You met some nice people in Wisconsin and in Columbus. Maybe you got introduced to a, an alcoholic drink called Hot Damn when you shouldn't have <laughs> uh, had as much as you did, but you needed to be warm up in those high-level seats. But you met a lot of nice people along the way, but at no point were you expecting to win. And now you've got the consistency to where... Sure. From where you went to where you are, being invited to the dance and to March Madness is fun. Having your team cap what's a pretty good because you're not going in with national title. Yeah, I mean that's always there, right? It's on the board. It's going to be on the board in Pat Fitzgerald's office. It's going to be there around the football offices and the new facilities they're building in Evanston of a national title. Hope oh, that's it. But it's about competing for the tops of the Big Ten, winning the division, winning the the league title are going to be the most important things getting to then play in one of those big six. So, like, it's it's a matter of what your expectations yeah. are. And from where we were as a student to where it is now, I mean, that's still a capping that you can still cap with a win versus unless you're cutting down the net, you're losing. Yeah. There's, <laughs> so. also, there's also the 12 to 13 weeks of enjoying the football season that got you to that New Year's right. game instead of, maybe just the three-week window of going on an amazing run in the tournament. But there is also something to be said about seeing your school revealed on that screen when they announced the field of 68. And oh, the I got afford- giddy like oh, a little yeah. kid last year. Absolutely. And knowing what you know and looking at it, is it, okay, meaningless bowl game or maybe still just a chance to get in the dance? I think they're a little bit closer than people may want to realize. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Mike Harmon maybe had one too many hot dams. We'll find out about that next here on Fox Sports Sunday.
Yeah, it is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. Coming to you live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. I want to let you know, you can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and Sirius XM Channel 83. And if you miss it, just download it on iTunes. Subscribe to Fox Sports Radio Weekends and download the show every week. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. Mike, they can get you at. I'm over at Swollen Dome. Fox Sports Sunday is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. It's that time to look into Mike Harmon's bag of fun. What do you got for us today? Well, let's go to the NFL Combine. Everybody's excited. There's lots of people running around on the field and doing their best today. It's the defensive linemen and linebackers getting after it. Now, we know that there was some some rumor, conjecture, speculation about Lamar Jackson being asked if he'd want to work out as a wide receiver. That mm-hmm. became a hot yeah. button uh, topic and and a great conversations flowing out of that as we get into the combat. Well, we also know there's going to be questions about trades, a lot of rumors getting started as all of the media assembles there. And since they can't watch the drills, what do they do? They talk to each other. Hey, what are you hearing about player X? Well, yeah, hey, and now I got a column about a possible trade partner. Well, we also know there are going to be some dumb questions and crazy things. I won't, I won't call this one dumb. This one's a little more crazy because it involves your Seattle Seahawks. Oh, boy. But first, hey, the Cleveland Browns have to be in the middle of things, yeah, right? Yeah, they always are. Bo Scarborough, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, where you would go to college and decide your futures if we get into this compensation via endorsements and sponsorships. Bo Scarborough was asked by the Cleveland Browns if God is an Auburn fan. Jeez. <laughs> What do you think about that one, Dan? I, I I don't I don't understand the questioning. I know that the Cleveland Browns would have some sort of angle on why they would want that question to be asked. Whether it be a reaction, would it be dismissive, or would he answer the question? That's just pretty absurd. Next one was probably: Do you hold your knife in your right or left hand? <laughs> When you eat, uh, Texas punter Michael Dixon though was asked one of the strangest questions uh, of the week. Now you you look at Dixon's numbers; he had a forty-seven point four average this year on eighty-four punts, sixty-five punts last year. Same average. So you're looking at net forty-five. Remember the M- MVP of the Texas Bowl. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. Yeah, right? big leg. Well, he was asked by the Seattle Seahawks, uh, well, to do a staring contest. Quote, I had to see how long I could stare without blinking. I had a couple of attempts. I tried a few techniques, looking away from the light, trying to block any sort of wind coming into my eyes. That was a weird process. How long did it take before Dixon blinked in the staring contest? is from the newstribune.com. Quote, the first time I did terrible. I only lasted 14 seconds. But my third time, I had figured out a technique to look around the room (laughs) just to get your eyes a little watery, I guess. Which team asked him to do it? Seahawks. <laughs> no, there you go. There it is. Hey, at least he showed that he's willing to try, willing to go after it, and then was able to problem solve his way around it. So that perhaps maybe, that's what they wanted to see. that makes some sense, figuring out a different way to do things if things don't work out as well at first. Thought process and different iterations of, of how you go through creating success. So... While it may seem odd, perhaps, you know, when you're trying to count down on a long play clock, maybe that's what they're also looking at because you got to be ready because you don't know when that ball's going to get snapped. <laughs> what I want to know is I'm looking in your bag of fun here and I don't see your eyebrows for the first 35 years of your life, but 
<laughs> what are these college drinks? Where are you going? What? What? Uh, where did you get your drink? <laughs> What was it? It was a... The Hot a, Dam in Wisconsin. Oh, of course it is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Having some fun on Fox Sports Radio, as we always do. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Mike Harmon's Big Ten tour of liquor was... uh, Yeah, buddy. (laughs) He knows the places to go. And I'm telling you, I know hindsight is 20-20, but you got to say, USC fans, now that you know that you lost in the Cotton Bowl, wouldn't you rather just trade that and allow your team to get into the NCAA tournament? the, The ability for a team to pick a New Year's Day non playoff game or a bid into the field of 68 i'm i know it's close but the more i'm just thinking about i'm like gosh just the selection sunday and i know it's a full season of football that you'd throw away but man to 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 play to end your year in a game that doesn't mean anything it just it's it's more magnified and this is talked about it all but three games don't mean anything at the end of the college football sure. season. Four. Let's the Rose Bowl's awesome. Let's just but in but in some years it's still only three because that's a playoff game. And when you see these games, heck, there's sixty seven games that matter for college basketball. Now teams. I'm just going back to the blood, sweat, and tears and many a weary mile on the road of Big Ten. You want a non drunk story? This one's even better, Dan. Going to Indiana. We decide, hey, we're making pretty good time. We can get there early enough to tailgate. You know what we're going to do? We're going to turn off the road here. We're going to go into this store, and we're going to go get maybe a mini grill, maybe a mini Weber, maybe a hibachi. I don't know what we're going to get, but the idea is we'll go there. There's a store right next door. We'll get some meat, get whatever, you know, beverages. Okay, drunkenness still comes in. But the the fact is that we're going to do this. We walk in, and we start looking around. It's like, wow, this is odd. And there was a whole aisle for chainsaws. We weren't in the store two minutes. Guy came in, come, comes up, goes, hey, which one you like? You, you can take it out back. We got stumps you can go take a try with. <laughs> I've never had that happen. I mean, I then later on in other journeys, we'll leave the town out. Like, there's the Is Isle it, of Guns. Hey, you want to take one out back and take a shot? Also in Indiana, right? Right? Yeah, Correct? Well, yeah. Yes. Indiana. Indiana is a beautiful state. Scenic scenery. Love the fields. Love the, you know, driven many a times from Chicago to Indianapolis. You you pass Lafayette and West Lafayette. You make your way down to Indianapolis. Have driven between Indianapolis and Columbus, Ohio. Nice stop in Dayton if you wanted. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that you could go. But Indiana as a state is a total trip because the most southern accents in the United States actually come from Indiana in certain parts. True story. You could debate me and argue on it. Southern Indiana probably has the most Southern accents at times that you will hear. That That is the case. Indiana is a trip in a lot of good ways and a lot of other ways. So we'll just put I it like should have that. tried that chainsaw, though, Dan. Man. In hindsight. Just here. There, listen. Run wild. There are, I could have done the whole jackal lumberjack solo. There are states... They are what they are. You get what you expect. Louisiana, perfect example. You expect a good time in New Orleans. You expect some swampland outside of it. Baton Rouge, nice state capital, college town. 
it's it's right there for you. There's not much of a surprise there. Same thing with the beautiful state of Colorado. You expect for great sights, you know, the the elevation changes oh, yeah. as you maybe move west and then great drives through the mountains. You know, Denver's there is a great city and there may be a spot here or there, but it it's laid out there. Indiana, completely different story. It will throw you for a curveball in so many ways. Not brought to you by the Indiana Board of Tourism. I'm saying some are good, <laughs> some are just others. We'll just put it that way. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Indiana's got some good golf courses. There you go. A delicious Arnie's Pizza when I went to uh, a Ohio State-Purdue football game years back. Delicious. So there, there, are, there are a lot of good spots in sure, Indiana. Sure, Absolutely. It's just what you what you may think it is. It just ends up not being. I don't know. Just putting it out there. California is just a mixed bag of everything. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Bayer. Let's serve up our final serving of hot takes and sausage here on Fox Sports Radio. An Oscar Sunday, so there is a movie theme with everything. There sure is. Alex Tyson is our technical <laughs> producer. Robert Dosmati is our executive producer. Recently awakened, Robert Desmondi. I was scrambling over here. No, Struggling. It's... Rob brings up a topic for Mike and I to discuss, and we debate, and then Rob gets to name a winner. Uh, so it's only fitting that we have Chariots of Fire. Finishing it out for us here, Mike is currently winning, right? Two to one. I got out of the blocks there fast. Go, but this one is worth like, two Just points. like those explosive defensive linemen doing the cone drill. This is worth two points, so Dan Beyer has a chance. All right. This question revolves around Texas Wesleyan University. You oh, guys boy. all heard of that place. Yeah. <laughs> so on Thursday, they fired their head baseball their baseball coach, Mike Jeffcoat. Jeffcoat. For comments he made about recruits from the state of Colorado. According to the Houston Chronicle, Jeffcoat wrote to high school prospect Gavin Bell, and I quote, saying, Thank you for your interest in the program, but unfortunately we are not recruiting players from the state of Colorado because players are having trouble passing the drug test. For those of you who don't know, Colorado, like California just recently, legalized marijuana for recreational use. So Jeffcoat lost his job. And I find this interesting mainly because... You, know, you get a lot of recruits from Colorado, but California especially. And I'm wondering, we're seeing this now. Coach, we get an idea. Coaches don't like the idea of marijuana with their players smoking marijuana. We've heard that argument before in sports. But I'm wondering, with states passing these laws, is this going to force institutions and leagues to rethink their marijuana rules? Dan, we'll start with you. Well, I don't think he got fired solely for just the – his thoughts on marijuana. No, no he didn't. There, there are more to this quote. Yeah, the the you could thank your liberal politicians. <laughs> yeah, it, it surely didn't help. The problem is, is that while marijuana and weed is becoming more popular, so much so that it is legal in Colorado and California and Washington, I believe as well. Or maybe, mm-hmm. it, the fact of the matter is, if you are, if you are a coach. You cannot just put all players under one blanket. You have got to learn to go out and recruit and find players. I don't think that this is going to be a problem. Now, should the NCAA or other organizations look to change the policies because of this? Listen, I I don't care if you're from Colorado. The the experience that that I've is someone who hasn't been around teenagers in 20 plus years since I've been one cigarettes aren't 
like nobody smokes cigarettes anymore. If they're smoking, they're probably smoking marijuana. So to sit there and try to find everybody who hasn't smoked marijuana is going to be darn near impossible. I think at some point you're going to see lax penalties, whether it be in professional leagues or in college. I think that you will see something follow suit, but I don't think that this is a a problem. I just don't like how he is putting a blanket over every single athlete in Colorado. Well, and fired off in the political sphere as well. You know, stick to sports. No, uh, the yeah. fact is that uh, this is just a level of jackassery unseen by many coaches uh, in recent memory for the fact that, okay, even if it's not Colorado, pick another state. You, they're not smoking weed there. Yeah. Right? I mean, Indiana. You, you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lob it right back up to you, Dan. The <laughs> fact is, you've got, yes, medicinal laws on the books in what, 46 states or thereabouts, I, th- I think is the number. Federally, it's still illegal, but that's all semantics for the moment. To try to say that you, you don't have just as much of a chance of a player from any other state. Being high is, is absurd. And you're going to go through drug tests. Because even in Colorado, i got to imagine that still on the books for playing in the league, you have to pass a drug test. <laughs> right? They're not going to say, ah, oh, well, hey, it's legal in the state. No, because it's legal in the state. You know what? The Denver Broncos still have to go pee in a cup. They still get tested. Doesn't matter that it's in the state or not. Sure, we laugh at the way the processes are played out in the professional leagues and it's a running joke of when those tests occur. Unless you're already in the system, then you're playing by a different set of rules. But everybody else knows when those tests are coming. In this case, you got a guy who's going old school for one, but second, decided let's inject some politics while we're at it and say, hey, not in my state, not on my watch. You keep your liberal views to yourself. And well, he found himself in hot water, found himself outside of a job. But he got his political point across. And that's all that matters, the, the political point. That's, well, that's nowadays, what he right? wanted to do, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's a different league. But, I mean, Steven Jackson, former NBA player, said that he played high most of the time anyway. So it's not like this is unbeknownst to anybody out there in sports. And as as much as I love you saying the level of Jack Ashery, Mike, I got to give this to Dan. He, he went after the coach, Jeff Coat, oh. blanketing the entire nation of pot smokers out there. <laughs> it's especially from Indiana. Listening, that's it's just listening. Uh, listen, he is to do that. That's such an easy way out of recruiting. Well, we're just not. He's. Didn't want to travel. I think it's just maybe lazy more than anything. He wanted his severance. What are you talking about? Maybe he was high. <laughs> maybe he was high. He put it on the team letterhead and the whole I mean the whole nine yards. Yeah, I, I mean at some point when you see there's got to be something league wise. And heck, the NFL has even talked about it with with the CBA coming up, and I know you love CBA stuff, but Oh, I I yeah. love those fights because the players always fight for the wrong things. Yes. Here they're going to fight for weed, and they're going to leave leave the door <laughs> open for a million other things for the league to come back. That's why Roger Goodell got an extension because he owns Demoris Smith. Yeah, it's it's very true. Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. And I love Indiana Hoosiers, obviously, set in Indiana. Hoosiers Gym, a great place. I've got to visit at least one of these times. Indiana has just got a lot. That's all I'm saying is there are states that you have that you have a an idea of what they're about. 
and it was just Indiana that just threw me. There's, there's a, it's a mixed state. You just think it's, oh, it's just a regular Midwest state. No, it's a lot, a lot of, lot going on in Indiana. Still obsessing over the chainsaw, Dan. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> it was one of the strangest occurrences. How many stumps do they have in the back? They had like probably 20 different size <laughs> pieces of tree for you to go to town on. I mean, it was amazing. Here's some goggles and a chainsaw. Have at it. <laughs> He's Mike Harvin. I'm Dan Beyer. Coming up next, did we get a preview of the NBA Finals last night in the NBA? We'll find out that answer and more here on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. Glad to have you along on this Sunday NFL Combine continuing in Indianapolis, which, by the way, is an awesome city. If Lo- you could- loving on Indianapolis. You get your, your shrimp cocktail. You get your beverages. I went to a couple of cool uh, little night spots there when the Super Bowl was there a few years ago. Everything's in walking distance. Pretty good. That's the thing, and this is this is what I'm getting at about you just don't know until you you go to Indiana is that Indianapolis may just seem like a regular Midwestern town that's, I should say, Midwestern city that's more... You just get you know anywhere. Maybe it's the same as Milwaukee or Minneapolis, but but no, it is it is a it is a place to be. And the only time I haven't had fun in Indianapolis was when I had to go to the NFL Combine and watch players speak and not watch them work out. So that that's really so that kind of brings this whole show together for how we we talked about the NFL Combine and looking at the numbers. And I've said I'm not a fan. I just I'd rather judge these guys on pro days and different things and then we just bring it full circle with the state of Indiana of Indianapolis and, and it's it, the word is the word is is really spreading because it's hosted a Super Bowl it's hosted how many final fours and big 10 tournaments and other events but I still think it may get lost in the shuffle of one of the great cities in the United States I was called a frothy liberal as were you on Twitter Dan Byer. <laughs> Uh, I don't know that walking into a store and having someone offering me use of a chainsaw <laughs> gives any any bearing on what my political leanings are. But oh, thank you. It's amazing. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Indiana Pacers, by the way, in the thick of things in the NBA as we transition that way, covering the NBA for FanRag Sports and finding them on Twitter at Talk Hoops. Zach Harper joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Zach, how you doing today? I'm excellent. I'm happy to talk chainsaws if that's what you guys want to do. It was kind of odd. I was going through my tales of traveling in the Big Ten when I was a student at Northwestern and going to games on the road and once deciding we needed, you know, some cookware and maybe a hibachi or a small grill, walking into a store and being offered use of a chainsaw. I thought it was an interesting little anecdote from my history. I mean, offered a use of a chainsaw, there is a wide range of options of what, like, some good and some really bad of what can happen just off the offer of a use of a chainsaw. <laughs> there you go. It escalates quickly. <laughs> Do they offer you uh, eye protection? Did yeah, yeah, you, okay, no, the goggles okay, were available. At least, it was Absolutely. Safe. at least it was safe. Oh, yeah, you can't get food. No. I mean, you got to offer <laughs> the eye protection. <laughs> Zach is right about that. Let's not be ridiculous. We were just we had a whole conversation and it centered around Mike getting offered an opportunity to buy a chainsaw at a roadside stop on his way to a, a college football game. And I just said Indiana Indiana's a great state. It's just not what people always expect Indiana to be. And that's my point. And anyway, we got called well, out on it. Granted, I granted I, I don't want to derail this any more than I have. I've only been to Indiana once. I was not offered a chainsaw while I was there, and I'm pretty upset about it. (laughs) (laughs) Zach Carver joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Would you be disappointed if Rockets-Celtics was our NBA Finals come June? 
No, not at all. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I like elitism, and I like this Warriors Cavaliers matchup. I know it's tired to some people, but I I find it fascinating as a as an NBA nerd. Like I just I love the idea of LeBron making it to the finals every year because this streak is is truly unprecedented. Except for like when there were nine teams in the 1960s and the Celtics just kept making it every year, right? Uh, but other than that, like this is an impressive streak, and I like the Warriors. And uh, I like watching them play basketball. I like I like top talent. I you know I get how some people believe they've they've ruined the league or they've made it less fun or whatever. But I enjoy all this stuff. At the same time, this Rockets team is unbelievable. They have arguably the best offense we've ever seen. This Celtics team is an incredible defensive unit. I think the Rockets would would handle them pretty well. But I think it would be a fascinating series to watch. I have to cheer for the Denver Nuggets at this point. Running around and, and shooting up threes left and right, beating the Cavaliers. I want to see them play Houston in a fast-paced series. They Sure, they may get run out of the gym if those shots stop falling, but that chase for the eighth seed is actually fairly interesting there in the West. Oh, it's extremely interesting. I mean, from, from the three seed down to, to the 10th place team, I think there's a separation of like two and a half or three games. Yep. I mean, everything, everything is really compacted right now. Uh, Portland has surged at the right time. New Orleans has surged at the right time. Utah got their stuff together once Rudy Gobert got healthy. The Clippers didn't tank like we all expected the Clippers to tank. And then teams like San Antonio are dealing with injuries. The Thunder, uh, the Andre Robertson injury has just decimated their defensive abilities. Um, the, you know, we have the, the Wolves dealing with the Jimmy Butler injury. I mean, there, there are teams going up and down constantly. And one day you think you have a handle on what the, the what the eight teams are going to be, and the next the next day it just it looks like chaos. Zach Harper joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. As we are talking NBA, as you look at that West, because we just don't know what is happening. I mean. Is there a like? Do we just count on the Timberwolves when Jimmy Butler comes back, or could anything be solidified over these final six weeks of the season to think that maybe anybody between three and ten could have a at, at least a competitive shot at maybe taking a shot at the Rockets or Warriors? Do any of these teams show a glimpse of being competitive in the Western Conference semifinals? I mean, if the Spurs can get Kawhi back, I trust Greg Popovich to to shape that that attack however they need to shape it because you know they're going to be good defensively. They don't play a fast-paced game, so if they can slow down the tempo and turn into a half-court you know, contest, they have the execution to, to make it interesting. Um, I don't trust the Timberwolves against the, the Rockets and Warriors because the Timberwolves just flat-out don't shoot three-pointers, and there is a big math problem when you're trading two for two every single time down the floor. Um, but teams like Portland, I think Portland's extremely dangerous. Uh, Denver, if, they, if Paul Millsap can, can write the, the defense a little bit, because their defense has obviously been, you know, hasn't been as good as it needs to be. But those two teams have so much firepower. Portland has defensive competency this year. Uh, Denver can have that with Paul Millsap on the floor. So I think those two teams could be interesting, at least in pushing the top two teams in the West. We have our fun in the East. Obviously, looking at the Celtics and look at Toronto. But I keep circling back to watching it in Cleveland, and, and while people want to watch it burn. Uh, part of me is just I might as well just tune out until the playoffs, and then we'll get a true sense of what the Cavaliers are. Mark Stein had a fantastic tweet, I think yesterday or the day before, where he said this is like the fourth season for the Cavaliers this year, and it truly <laughs> is. I mean, they, it, it, I mean, this team, this team is they were horrendous to start, and then they won 18 of 19, and then Isaiah Thomas came back, and they couldn't defend anything, they couldn't win games, and then they make the trades at the deadline, and it's like, oh my goodness, look at this new Cavaliers team, this is the Cavs we remember, and then 
the last three or four games, it's like, oh, right, this team, this team doesn't make shots, they can't win because they don't defend. Uh, and so it's just, I trust LeBron in the playoffs, and I trust that they will write this ship because I don't think the East is as competitive as it needs to be at the top in order to truly take down LeBron. But this is the most vulnerable we've seen his team since, what, I guess 2010 Cleveland? I mean, and, and that, that was a pretty good team, but this, is, this team definitely doesn't look like a guarantee for the finals. Zach Harper joining us. He covers the NBA for FanRag Sports. I argued earlier in the show that the Cavaliers got that energy early on from the from the trade of, of moving on from Derrick Rose and getting Isaiah Thomas out of the locker room and just getting a, a rid of a lot of dead weight stuff that they couldn't use and they used that energy early on. I do think that Rodney Hood and George Hill have not lived up to expectations since they came over in a trade. George Hill's had like one good game, maybe the same with Rodney Hood. Is it realistic for those guys to get acclimated in just such short a time for Cleveland to at least be dangerous in the playoff, or is that too much to expect from these new guys? No, I think they have, I think they have plenty of time to, to get acclimated for, for what the Cavs want to do in playing next to LeBron. Um, LeBron is such a brilliant player that these guys haven't had to deal with this. The, Rodney Hood and, and George Hill have dealt with this a little bit when they played in Utah just because that system is so intricate and that system requires so much passing and so much so much on spacing and so much on where you are on the floor that you kind of get that, that burned into your mind of like, this is where I need to be at all times. You have to learn how to play that way when you're next to LeBron because LeBron expects you to be a certain spot. He's going to deliver the ball to a certain spot, and he, and he wants you to, to play off of that. And so once they get kind of into that mindset, and also George Hill – I don't think he tried all that hard in Sacramento. I think he got his contract. He wasn't happy about where his position was. And he was like, you know what? This isn't, this isn't where I want to be. I don't know why I signed here other than the money. And so to get that King's malaise off of him, it's going to take a little bit of time to, for him to get truly comfortable. But he's the, he's the point guard you want next to LeBron. He can handle the ball. He can score and pick and roll. He defends. He knocks down shots. So right. That's the kind of guy you want. All right. Stay with them one more minute. Uh, I don't buy that there was any soup throwing. It's all Vegas sleight of hand and misdirection that there's something else amiss, and they just didn't want you to note that they couldn't play defense for a day or two. You could you could give me video that there was no soup throwing, and I will believe there was soup throwing because that is the story I want to believe. Oh, it's a much better story, but it's the best story. <laughs> just a question now of what soup was it? A bowl? Was it a bread bowl? And how did oh, it all I mean, actually come to pass? You got to be a psycho to throw a bread bowl with soup. Oh, this I mean, is J.R. Smith, man. Come on now. No, well, that's true. But, I mean, what a soggy mishap that would be <laughs> to throw a bread bowl of soup. Uh, a regular bowl, sure, it's dangerous. But I also need to know, is it one of those kind of flat soup bowls or is it just a straight-up bowl? Like, that's going to determine how I think he threw it. Well, this, this is what's amazing to me as Zach Harper joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Listen, I've been involved in sports my whole life. I thought you were going to say you had soup thrown at you. No, no, I've, I've never dodged a bowl of soup. I've also never seen a pregame meal be of soup. Like, the, like <laughs> isn't to it the ribs, pasta, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it, car, like, why would you, like, drink this, it has a lot of salt in it. It's chicken right. noodle. <laughs> before that's, that's, that's a great point. I, I would assume it's, like, not even on the top ten things of horrible decisions <laughs> right? before a game of things to put in his body. So I don't think it's that crazy. Although, and granted, it's very different body types. 
but Glenn Davis used to eat spaghetti and pancakes before games. <laughs> yes! See? At least it's carbs to give you energy. Sure. Like, Maybe it was a sure. pasta fazool. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> some weddings, some minestrone, some wedding soup. Take, before you guys leave shoot around, get your soup and your gummy worms from Black Forest and then get out of here and rest up for tonight's game. It just doesn't make any sense, Zach. I, I, I've never seen a pregame meal for a team be of soup. So, I mean, is it, is it less ridiculous than when Kevin Love allegedly broke his hand doing knuckle push-ups? <laughs> that, no, that, it, does, it does not top that. <laughs> it does not top that. Uh, final one before we let you go. At least final one for me. Is there anything to read into this five-game win streak of the Lakers? Is it the absence yeah. of Jordan Clarkson from the locker room? Is it the addition of Isaiah Thomas? Is it Lonzo being back? What has gotten into these Lakers who have won five straight? Well, I think the Cavs will tell you it's not the addition of Isaiah Thomas. But, uh, but with this team, there, I think there are three things going on. One, they're hitting shots, and this team was a horrendous team at hitting shots. And part of that has been Lonzo Ball shooting like 40% from three, which is really nice to see from him. Two, I think Luke Walton's a good coach, and he's gotten some some health in there, and they're and they're finally getting a rotation they feel comfortable with. And three, their opponents probably not taking them all that seriously because it's the Lakers. Mm. Yeah, could be simple enough. Find him on Twitter at Talk Hoops again. Writes and covers the NBA for FanRig Sports. Zach Harper, Zach, that was fun. We appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Thanks. Guys. Let's do it again. Be good. Zach with an H, by the way. That was fun. Just and fun. he's got a Mount Rushmore image of uh, Rashid Wallace. Uh, on his Twitter timeline, we'll we'll have to delve into that in a future visit. <laughs> the he's, four faces of Rashid. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. It's time for the four faces of Isaac Lowenkron, <laughs> who lets us know what's happening in the world of golf and of hoops and a lot more of what's going on in the world. Hey, Isaac. All four faces, faces for radio, Dan and Michael. <laughs> oh, come oh, on. You got the new fun. haircut. What oh, are you talking about? He's a good haircut. Just, uh, thank you. Courtesy of my wife. The best record in the NBA belongs to the Houston Rockets. On Saturday night, they improved to 49-13 and 13 and extended their winning streak to 15 games with a comeback victory over the Boston Celtics. The Rockets, by the way, also had a 14-game winning streak earlier this season. Roger Bannister, the first runner to ever break the four-minute mile barrier, has passed away. His family issued a statement saying Bannister died on Saturday in Oxford, England at the age of 88, the same city where he achieved his historic feat in 1954. In college basketball, on the Sunday scoreboard, number 10, Cincinnati with a 22-16 lead at 11th-ranked Wichita State midway through the first half, while last night, Murray State and Belmont squared off for the first berth in the NCAA tournament in the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament Championship game. McLean comes up, drives in the lane, puts it up, missed the shot, and the racers rush the floor. They are your 2018 OBC Tournament Champions. OMG OVC. Neil Bradley the call on Froggy 103.7 as the Racers won it 68-51. And Dan and Michael, one final note from the NFL Combine. Yahoo Sports' Charles Robinson reports that quarterbacks Sam Darnold and Josh Allen were leaving a hotel when they got stuck in an electronic revolving door together. Someone had to let them out. Nice. No, no word yet on how this inability to escape the pocket will affect Darnold and Allen's <laughs> draft stock. Maybe it was another test. Maybe it was like the staring contest from the Seahawks. Uh, problem solve. How do you get out of this? Real life wonderlick. <laughs> Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone are off to the side just hitting switches <laughs> to see if, if they can figure their way out of the revolving door. 
If you are, what would you do? Would you just keep on trying to push forward, or do you try to go to reverse to go back out? I'd try to show off Quadzilla and see if I couldn't pop the mechanism <laughs> altogether. By the way, one wise guy on Twitter claimed that this was all a ruse to uh, scare the Cleveland Browns away from <laughs> drafting Darnold and Allen. Oh, it, nice. They want to play in free agency instead. It's fitting. The Browns have been going in circles for years and years Aha! and years. Nicely It done. is Fox Sports Sunday here on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you, Isaac. We're covering you live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We were talking NFL Combine earlier on the show with Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. And while we wanted to find out more about Josh Allen, who did exactly what we thought he would do when he threw the ball, and we wanted to find out more about Lamar Jackson, who did not take part in most of the drills, but did take part in some passing stuff for the Combine yesterday. We did ask Frank, though, so if you want to hear those answers, go to iTunes and subscribe to Fox Sports Radio Weekends, and you can hear them. But right now what you're going to hear is Frank Schwab talking about what a dredge covering the NFL Combine is for a member of the NFL media. My first Combine was 2003, and I never saw a drill, and I still haven't to this day back in Denver. I have not seen a drill in Indianapolis one time. Not yeah. one. Now, this is 03, my first Combine. I never saw a guy run a 40, never saw a guy do a vertical jump. It is a weird event to cover. You are you are dead on about that. Yeah, and then you interview them before they work out, so you can't even ask them about their workouts. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yes, exactly. Oh, yes, hey. it's, it's insane. That was Frank Schwab earlier in the comments that I had covered one NFL Combine. And, Mike, this isn't – this isn't me being soured by the NFL on the combine just from my media experience. I just look at these, I look at the workouts, and as I said, with Josh Allen doing what he's doing, we knew he had a strong arm. The measurables are what they are. People won't going to make a big deal out of them. I am not. I'm not going to say, oh, this guy isn't as tall as we would have thought. This is all just about NFL personnel as simple as it is, just trying to get more information so they can make an educated decision. You can nitpick, and that's what we end up doing, and that's what they'll end up doing, but it'll end up having them make their decision. The fact of the matter is, of all the guys that we talk about, Josh Allen and Saquon Barkley, their work here isn't going to affect them as much as maybe the 80% of the other guys that are in the combine. And we don't know who they are. We don't know what teams that they're going to, and it just doesn't – I'd rather just look at their game tape and see what they did on the field and see the sort of plays that they made. That's what interests me as a fan. I'm not interested in the combine. It is just something that I just am not drawn to. Just an extra little layer and a show, dog and pony show for the the NFL to make sure they have something on the calendar. Yeah, more than anything else. Do you find value like when you watch no, it? I mean, do you take something from it watching it? Sure, I enjoyed hand measurement day. We celebrated that the other day, <laughs> so we certainly had that and. You know, there there's certain players that you're curious to see how they stack up. Talked about it a little bit before. Jackson out of Northwestern to see how he measured up in each of these drills, and he acquitted himself quite nicely. Sixth in the 40 yard dash, but top three in most of the other drills, the three cone and all that. So, so those are good things, right? Because that can only help his stock, especially when people are trying to value. All right, what do I have to give up for Saquon Barkley versus? Is there another running back? Uh, of uh, maybe not quite to that pedigree, not to that highly heralded status, but 
that I can get later in the round, maybe the second round, third round. Maybe he added some value there. So you certain players that you watched from whatever your conference is. For me, it happens to be the Big Ten. For Dan, the same. But when when you're talking on the the largesse of it, you know, unless the guy just came out and totally failed in every way, shape, and form, right? After two reps on the bench, just put the bar away. But even then, I'd respect it. What am I doing this for? Yeah. Right? If if you're Allen or, or Darnold or, or a presumptive top 10 pick, what what is any of this doing that your game tape didn't? Right now, it's, it's a bit of the psychological game with all the how do you adjust to whoever the decision makers are that you're going to interview with. And that's it. It, it. There's really not a lot of upside. Josh Allen, he's tall, and he threw the ball a long way. We knew those two things were going to mm-hmm. happen. Check, check. For Saquon Barkley, yeah, the workout numbers are amazing relative to other running backs, and certainly you, you, we did the bit a little bit earlier where you're comparing him to you know, Joe Thomas and some of these other greats, and you could pick through the, the rubble and find stats to support the argument. And it's a good talking point for today and tomorrow. What does it mean for the draft as a whole? Nothing. Yeah, I look at it as these scouts, and there are there are like three jobs in sports that I would never, ever want. One is to be an umpire slash referee. We've talked about this. Sure. I have no interest in being that. Another one would be a scout because these guys work, and when you are scouting and going to different games across the country or whatever area you are covering, it, it is a lot of work, and it is a lot of tedious work. And, Mike, to take all of that information and try to – and I know teams don't do this, but as fans and maybe as media, we try to put the combine on par with an entire football season. Right. And that almost lessens what a scout does. It Actually, I shouldn't say almost. It does lessen what a scout does because that scout has got information not only on, on that player for certain games but what he's seen over the years – and to take that information and think that it's even to what we see this guy doing in a neutral setting with maybe NFL coaches around him, I just don't think is – I don't think it's fair and I don't think it's equal. And that's why I just think we we blow things out of proportion that, yeah, Saquon Barkley sure may have vaulted himself into a number one pick. Guess what? His numbers are probably going to be better if he does anything at Penn State's Pro Day and, and where he's going to have more favorable conditions. But realistically, we knew how good Saquon Barkley was when he ran all over Iowa in a game earlier this season. Well, that's just it. You get into this, and I, I know you want to compare apples to apples, so you put everybody on the same field, run them through the same drills, and especially when we're going through players that may have just been buried on a depth chart at one of your Power 5 conference schools, right? You can have a guy from Ohio State just didn't get the same playing time as someone from a smaller school, mm-hmm. and here he gets to flash Hey, here's look at my numbers are good, even though you don't have a lot of tape on me. I get it. Or guys from smaller schools that they're always knocked for. Look at the competition they played. Well, here you have some measurables that they can you can just see where they stack up. Still going to go back to tape and their pro days and interviews and everything else. There's so much off the field, but for these top guys, we're trying to make it about them, and there's really not a whole lot of separation. No that's occurring. So maybe the guy jumps from the sixth round to the fourth or or something of, of that ilk, and that's that's a help. But for this, it, it's just a, a lot of hype, and you're, you're trying to build the machine because you still have a month and a half till the draft. Yeah, and then it's whoever runs the fastest 40 time that maybe right, jumps up. Right, win a pair like, of shoes. Like John Ross did last year. All of a sudden, he's a first-round pick. 
Like that's that like that's the jump, but we don't see guys just completely falling two rounds from the first to the third because of a poor combine. Is he a cautionary tale now after <laughs> hey. running really fast? Man, he should be to the Bengals. Uh, dinged up all season, couldn't get healthy. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a tough road to hoe, especially when you were Cincinnati in 2017. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Reach us on Twitter. Get Mike at Swollen Dome. I am at Dan Byer on Fox. Coming up next, one of us predicted exactly what would happen in the college basketball scandal. We reveal it next here on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out over the last four hours. He's Mike Carmen. Dan Byer. I can't wait until next week. I don't care on what is happening in college basketball, good or bad. It's one of those sports holidays. Sure. And it's Selection Sunday. And and it's maybe a Christmas, New Year's sort of thing when you've got one big holiday and then the next week there's another thing that you celebrate. It's Selection Sunday and then the first day of the NCAA tournament. Like Those are exciting and the great thing about it is then for other sports fans, you've got another holiday two weeks later with opening day and the Masters. So it's a great time where a sports holiday where these great events are happening. And really, Mike, if you step back and look at it, there aren't a lot of great sports holidays. Like The NBA really doesn't have one. Like Opening night is is usually, I don't want to say a like soft launch. It's but over got, a week, yeah. Yeah, and it's you've you got maybe three games the first night and then a majority of the league. The first week of the NFL season, absolutely a sports holiday. Absolutely. Week one, it is amazing. But there are certain sports holidays where things pop up once a year. Super Bowl, another one that you get. And Selection Sunday is one of the biggest for me, and that's a week from today. Well, don't forget about that big day where the three-month road to the NBA playoffs begins, Dan. <laughs> you know, the till the... <laughs> The uh, the title is raised there as well, so we'll have that in mid-April, uh, NCAA title game. But March Madness, good time to remember. Fox Sports Sunday brought to you by Hooters. you got to get to Hooters. Try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings, and with all the taste, half the calories, you can eat twice as many. Hooters, you do that math. It works out nicely. And mm. what better way to play hooky from work? Or maybe bring them into the office yeah. and just eat and eat wings all day. Now's the now is the season for it. By the way, the start of the NBA playoffs also not a sports holiday, just for the simple fact of I'm sorry, seeing game one between the Pacers and Wizards on that Saturday morning slash afternoon oh. just does not do it for me. That it, doesn't get you out of lawn work or anything if you if you want to avoid it that. Just, it uh, playoffs are on. It doesn't have that buzz. Ooh, the Pacers steal one on the road going up. One nothing. These teams will play again in five days. On we know why TV. you're making fun of the Pacers, Dan. No, no that is not the case. <laughs> Here's the thing: I never said anything bad about Indiana. I'm just saying it was a state that I just didn't expect, and I was from nearby Wisconsin. There's so many different things about Indiana, Colorado, Louisiana, Nebraska. They're all laid out there for you. You get what you Washington, the state of Washington, same thing. Laid out. It was the first time I went. It was kind of what I expected. Indiana just gave you a lot of curveballs. It's a great discussion about our highways and byways and our great United States of America here in these Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. You wouldn't think that there would be a great city like Indianapolis, smack dab in the middle of of heartland and fields, but guess what? There are. are, It's a great, great city, great state, just a lot of of different, different things in Indiana. Let's parlay all the time. 
let's do it here on Fox Sports Radio. We made picks a week ago on three events. Our three events that we tried to select, Mike Harmon, myself, and Rob Dosmati, our executive producer, were who won Celtics Rockets on Saturday night, who wins the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament, and would another coach be caught in the college basketball scandal this week? Let's find out how we did as the Rockets got a win, Murray State won the OVC, and there wasn't a coach in the scandal. All right, well, I got the Rockets. Just The Celtics aren't going to stop that offense, so we're going there. I got Belmont surprising the you know the Ohio Valley oh, State so Conference. Far. Murray State, I know, is on an 11-game win streak, but let's go Bruins. <laughs> Did you just call it the Ohio Valley State Conference? I don't know what's going okay, on. That's all good. It's OVC been a rough show, That's <laughs> all good. And uh, yes, we will hear another name another coach this week. All right, I'm going to take the Rockets. I'm going to take Austin P. and I'm going to say yes, another coach or five. I'll go five. with the Rockets to beat the Celtics. I'll go with the Racers of Murray State to win the OBC. And will another coach be caught in scandal? Not only will another be coached, there will be coaches this week caught in the FBI scandal involving college basketball. All right, we didn't get a parlay there. Who wins wins the Big 12 tournament? Who wins the Pac-12 tournament as they'll wrap up on Saturday? And does Tiger make the cut at the Valspar next week? Rob, you're up first. All right, I got Huggy Bear in West Virginia winning the Big 12 tournament. Then we go move on to Pac-12. I'll take USC. And the last one, Tiger Woods, he will not make the cut. I'll start from the back. I'm going to go with Tiger Woods. I'm going to say Sean Miller, and then he dedicates his sweaty shirt to the Smithsonian. Uh, and then I will take uh, Texas Tech. Don't forget Ooh. WrestleMania in the middle of all that's too, Dan. In our I, I was I was going to take West Virginia to win the Big Twelve, but Rob did, so I'll just go with chalk and go with Kansas making its way through. Give me the Utes to claim the Pac-12 title. The Utes of Utah in Las Vegas, and after betting against them. Last week, I will bet on Tiger Woods to make the cut. There you go. Yes. All right. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. 
Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.